the wait, are we live? Maybe we should make Rob commentate every game. So there's me playing corn and going, I don't know how this moves. Flip table. And just watch, <laughs> just watch him get triggered. Your opponent to get really exhausted and be like, sigh, reset table, and then you do it all over again. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Age of Sigma Monday, the Monday night show that starts 7 p.m. every week where we discuss Age of Sigmar happenings and goings. Today's show is all about the Lumineth Realm Lords book that's just come out. I am joined by my three co-hosts, Nathan Prescott, James, and Dan. What a legendary group of people. Uh, I know you all know them, but I I don't need to introduce them. Uh, That's what today's show is going to be about. We're going to talk about the news, and then we are going to talk about Lumineth Realm Lords. Let's get into it. Nathan Prescott. Yo. Catch me up. How are you feeling? <clears throat> uh, I'm feeling all right. A little bit uh, hobby-wise, though, I've gone backwards quite severely because I dropped a big box with all my spiders in. So my Ragnarok got smashed. Um, uh, and quite a few spider riders have popped off their bases, broken spears, and just uh, some of the riders have dismounted and all of that sort of bullshit so i've got some repair work to do wow uh <laughs> i'm so sorry that's rubbish i'm so sorry that's i know you love the spider riders you've you painted them very nicely and i also know that you were very impressed by their recent recent rules update and we're very excited about getting them on the tabletop what recent rules update i'm just impressed by them they don't need a rules update they just... <laughs> Well, you've seen yeah. all those events that they're taking out, right? Like, it's always a podium finish for spiders, so they, they I think they're quite broken. Yeah, well, they've got enough trophies under their belt. They're fine. They're I good. wouldn't have thought they were that good because they've got no nets. Uh, well, I mean, they're spiders. They carry nets up their asses. Yeah, I was about to say, firing, <laughs> firing a web from your poo shoot is like wearing, having a net, I guess. Wow. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Monday night. Uh, Disagree? <laughs> I agree totally. Yeah. That's my thoughts on the matter. Yeah. <laughs> Can I thank Scritty Hugh for resubscribing? Also to Helgemar, also Cold Traps. Can I thank Dawn Shea for donating 100 bits? And can I thank everyone for joining us live? Uh, also, to everyone listening to the podcast, big shout out Hydro Homies. Anyone watching back on YouTube, do hit like, subscribe, and all that jazz. We're nearly at six. We're nearly at seven thousand subscribers, but we do have six point nine thousand subscribers. So maybe just leave it there. Uh, truth, truth be told, James, catch me up. How are you? You well? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Well, in, uh, all right. Dan, how are you? Like, yeah. Yeah. If uh, you're not going to volunteer more, I'm not going to ask. Dan? <laughs> I, I'm. I was great. Uh, Project Undead Elf is coming along well, uh, and I'm. I'm. It's. It's great. It's good. I've. I've. I'm getting there. Then. Uh, then this. I woke up this morning to 250 messages in the Honest Wargamer like like our like little production chat. And I knew that only one of two things had happened. Either we'd really committed to calling Ron by his correct name or the draw for the Honest Wargamer, Honest Ass Kicking into show co-host showdown throwdown uh, of, uh, of, of army lists had been done. And that did turn out to be the case. And now I feel like I'm operating against a very hostile chat. <laughs> 
very hostile chat. Today was some of the most hostile chat I've ever experienced. Thanks to Velotron for donating £69 to the Camera oh. Fun Show. Oh, baby. That's a nice way to start off this 69 pounders. That's correct. <laughs> Thanks so much, Velotron. That's very much appreciated. Uh, yes, uh, Dan is correct. Earlier today, uh, it's very lovely of you. Um, uh, earlier today, we did announce, we did the, the draw. We all ended up with different lists. I guess this is the first opportunity to ask you all. Owen unhappy with uh, his Dragon Ogre list. <laughs> not going to lie. I got Sinesh. Not over the moon about that. Uh, James, you got corn. Uh, you threatened to quit the show earlier. <laughs> yeah, I am quitting. I thought I'd do one more day. I'm doing my notice. Okay, it's your notice. You've got to do the last shift. That's true. Otherwise, you won't get, you won't get the money. That's uh, yeah. fair. Uh, Dan, you got all the Stormcast. How are you feeling? <laughs> it's Stormcast and it's Stormkeep Patrol. And I, I genuinely, I saw it. I was like, Haha, yeah, that is funny. Um and I know that people love a good joke about that, but what are the odds that between everyone and like Chuckle Buddy, uh, like obviously likes to play them? So I'm like, yeah, it'll, it's the odds of me actually playing them are slim to none. And then, and then I rewatched <laughs> the the video, and like it started, and people were like, Dan gets Stormcast. I was like, God damn it! And then like halfway through, like I had happened, and I had been fisted with the Golden Boys, and then it like doubt people were joining late no idea what was going on and being like can we make sure dan gets the stormcast list please and i was like ah, good to know good to know that the chatter are a bunch of dick bags mm, they are <laughs> and i'm so glad you're all here i appreciate you i earlier earlier on someone asked me like what the, what is the monday show like and i said imagine it's a bunch of loose cannons watched by a loose a bunch of loose cannons and i have no idea what's going to happen any day uh which brings me on to you nathan prescott nathan prescott how do you feel about playing skaven <clears throat> yeah, I'm in. I mean, there were loads of big monsters, Gavin, but I don't know what the list is because obviously that list was illegal. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm playing with yet. So we'll find out. I think it's being rewritten. Uh, uh, yeah, it I is don't being know rewritten. if the chat yet to revote for it or what or what's no, your plan. No. No, we just allow <laughs> we just allow Colonel Cabbage and Pete Pratt uh, to be our TOs. They're, they've now taken over as TOs. Our list writer, uh, the Freedom Flyer, um, Mr. Adam Mumford, did most of the list writing. So appreciate you. You didn't necessarily write super legal lists, but what tournament would be <laughs> what tournament would be accurate without some uh, <laughs> some of those? <laughs> Oh, Colaroo, thanks for donating a gift subscription to the chat. That's super lovely of you. That's great. And then we hit a hype train. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, got to the hype train just in time. Thanks, Colaroo. Big love. Uh, all right, yeah. Why so does we've my ended... list have two night venators? And uh, a Star Drake? Star Drake. How come you know what your list is? I put, even... we, Nathan, we put them in the chat. There's a Google document in the chat, man. It's the chat you never read. It's the show production I'm... chat. <laughs> yeah, but the list that's in there. I haven't read my list either because I imagine it will be boring demon, some more boring demons, some guys who worship boring demons. No, Just. you've got four boom thirsters. Uh, your James, your list is great. Nathan, your list with, is great. With a five Dan, up save. Well, <laughs> four up save on a boom thirster. You're going to be you having have, the best time. He yeah. has five blood thirsters in his list. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> they, they can all activate at the same time, James. Just say the word that... boom, boom, boom. Shake the room. Uh, that that's legal? all I'm going to play and get us banned. Yeah. What do you say, that, uh, Nathan? Is that legal, having five? Listen, you ask Adam Mumford. <laughs> I'm not in charge of this. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
thank <laughs> thank you to Zirak for resubscribing and everyone for tuning in live. Uh, I like how Danny's just angry as he is in normal Stormcast models. How the fuck do you have battle life? <laughs> Danny's just mad about models. He's like a Star Drake. What? What? Um, I mean, it's then and then there's obviously thirty goddamn liberators in a Stormkeep patrol. Lovely. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And some hurricane crossbows. Anyway, whatever, whatever. We'll do anyway, it live. So, that, so that's the uh, that's the big news, I guess, um, uh, for us as a community. I love the idea of being uh, people allocate a faction, but why not let folks choose their own army? Is that part of the fun? I think because you can still probably like make it something more along your lines. Like I don't want to play the Snatch list at all in any way, <laughs> and neither do, uh, no one else really wants to play the list, and that's kind of fun. To be honest, because um, I'm really tempted to just throw my liberators forward to get them killed. Like they're in Stormkeep patrol. I know tactically I should do the redeploy, but I just want them off the board as fast as possible. Uh, you haven't even you haven't even seen the yeah. Because and there you go, Angle Velatron. The fun is for us torturing the players. It's not meant to be fun <laughs> for the hosts. That's the idea. Although there is obviously bragging rights, so it's still really important to us as the hosts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why anyone, anyone's even trying. Me and Owen have got it. There's no way. Uh, me and Nick, me and Nick so. are going to wipe the floor with you. Dan, who's team, in your team? Team Double D. Me and Darren Watson. Oh, wow. Big team. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, who's me, on your team? Me and Bud. Oh, you're fucking absolutely tanking the bottom stats. Right at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> We'll win. You will All not win. All of the games. All of the games. <laughs> oh, he's got the the snowball dudes. So he, he does. Are... And he lives in Canada, so you're all fucked. He knows <laughs> how to use a snowball. That's a good point. All right, let's get on with the show. Um, so let's go, let's just jump onto news. I think that's the important point. Um, about the, so the news is that well, there's two bits of news. Obviously, we've had Broken Realms Techless and Broken Realms. Um, uh, and Broken Realms Techlist and the Lumineth book, which we're going to be reviewing later today, released at the weekend. We're only going to talk about the Lumineth stuff today. Uh, the the really, really, really great upgrades for Nurgle and Sloppity Bile Piper um, uh, will all be talked about next week. Uh, so we'll do that next Monday because there's some really great stuff in there. Uh, Nurgle have got a real power boost this weekend. Uh, but, so that's what we're going to be doing today. So that's kind of the big news. I guess the other big news is uh, announcement time is that Curse City has gone on pre-order. Uh, well, is going on pre-order this Saturday, uh, which is pretty exciting. I do wonder, is there anyone, I guess the easiest way, Twitch chat, is there anyone not getting Curse City? Um, or doesn't <clears throat> intend to? Nathan? You... I don't think very many people are going to get it. Aren't they only going to sell three or four boxes? <laughs> <laughs> something, something, to be, something to be talking about, yes. Um, I heard there that might the be a... Games Workshop pre-order for method for this has actually changed. So if you go to Warhammer Community, you can see you can only pick it up if you go into store, and then they're going to have a small Thunderdome. They're going to throw a box in the middle with a steak knife uh, and, and just two people at the same time. And so that's how they're going to decide who gets to, to have a cursed city. Is like a, a two men enter, one man leaves kind of scenario Situation. with the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the biggest the biggest supplier in uh, England uh, probably is Element Games. Well, we've heard this week that they're getting thirty copies, um, which uh, isn't uh, loads. Uh, if I'm honest, I imagine uh, I think a couple of people. Yeah, fifteen max box for LGSs. Uh, thanks everyone for helping us hit a uh, hype train. By the way, Haley Bromley and everyone else in the chat. Um, 
So I think ultimately it's probably going to be uh, the excitement is real. And then the fact that it's going to be sold out is also going to be very real. So uh, mm. Saturday might be a day off the internet uh, for everyone because I think there's going to be some uh, crap opinions on that. Uh, but basically, I mean, I mean, it's kind of Games Workshop's fault, but like, whatever. There, there's not going to be enough supply for the demand. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Games Workshop never do anything wrong. We know that. That's true. <laughs> That's so I actually, true. Actually, so you know, I, I heard where all of the supply is. It's oh, currently is it? in the Suez Canal. <laughs> um, it's just on the evergreen there that was the problem is that it was really made it really front heavy with all of that cursed city and just stuck it in there they got it out today did you hear about this they've got it out really yeah yeah yeah, yeah they've got, and then honestly this is true story none of this is bullshit they got it out today and then a, a strong wind blew it back <laughs> like 30 minutes later <laughs> costing i know this isn't a new a regular world news show but it's costing 400 million dollars an hour that it's blocked there yeah i know it's it's pretty fun but um, yeah yeah have you guys seen the digger from the yeah have. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey matt i will do that uh right so uh, they didn't use <laughs> so yeah the um so that's out there's also uh so that's going to be out this weekend that's exciting right are we not all very very excited about the curse city release super keen yeah um so there's also age of sigma water Wars. james you intend you intend to pick it up dan was it something on your list maybe yep it's on my um, list i i'm torn because i really want to get it from my local game store but i also know that that their supply is usually really, really slim on things. So um, I I don't know whether it's going to be better to just go through GW pre-order online and, and kind of have a better shot that way. I don't know. I don't know. I just really want it. I think, yeah, I think that's my issue to the point where I'm like, I've kind of pre-ordered with a local game store and then I'm almost tempted to also go get one from Games Workshop. But then I also don't want to end up with two copies because I don't want to be that cunt. But then you can return one. <laughs> Yeah, but everyone wants to. Like, there's loads of people who want loads of the kits. Like, I'm like, I like. I personally think I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's a buyer's market, right? You want the thing, you buy the thing. You want eight copies of the thing, buy the thing. Whatever. Like, it's really the company's fault they don't produce enough. I don't think the consumer should be insulted for there not being enough copies of something, right? So I yeah, like yeah, that on, on the GW web store, it is one per person per order. I think that's really, really quite clever. Um, and it stops, you know, people rocking in and buying five, ten, and then immediately reselling them as well. It's not going to stop that from happening. It's just going to make it a harder process for people to, at like the, the stroke of midnight or whenever they go on pre-order, it's going to stop them from being able to jump in and, and swipe, you know, like 10, 20 people swiping 200, 300 copies. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jack of all raids, thank you for the subscription. That's awesome of you. Welcome to the gang. You've never subscribed before, so welcome to the team. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's going out this weekend. I, for one, am very excited, because also, in addition to Curse City coming out as a box game, I think we've said uh, they've said that there will also be Age of Sigmar War Scrolls for the models yep. that we've seen inside Curse City, uh, which there's some very exciting updates. The thing that we're looking for, there's a lot to unpack, but mainly the Wood Elf character that we have seen inside Curse City, we're looking for the Sylvaneth keyword to be on her War Scroll. That is the, like, looking to knock it out of the park. That's what we're looking what, for. What if she has Wood Elves? 
Then I would be going back in time and I would be sleeping with your mother like Marty McFly. Uh, Excellent. Similar. That's what I want. <laughs> I would never do that because she's a wonderful, uh, amazing woman. And she would never, ever deign to be with a wretch like me. Um, I really uh, want to see the War Scroll for that. Um, it, well, it looks like a KO character. But I think the big thing is that it looks like a KO character that doesn't operate on the ships or is more of a freebooter. Like if you look at the model, it's a lot more coaty and whatnot not quite as militaristic and stock as a lot of the others so yeah i am just hella keen for that and also for the yoga oh i want it so much i want it so bad yes uh i think uh, so math mallow in the chat big love to him says uh we've seen her war scroll and it does have sylvaneth i thought that was the war cry one but maybe um kragnos keyword is also very interesting uh, whether or not to see with kragnos on any of the stuff in there as well um uh, okay, so that's all happening this weekend. Nathan, you got any thoughts on it? It's like, are you going to try and pick it up? Yes, I will. Uh, wow, so, yeah, I'm in. All three co-hosts going to pick something up is pretty significant. If that gives you some indication of what the community is like, I also think everyone is into 40k picking it up as well. I think they're going to sell like a billion. Like everyone basically is like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> like I'm mm. in. I'll have a copy. You have a copy. We'll all have I a think, copy. I think also. Well, I know. Like for me, like. I didn't ever expect to sit on the show and watch Nathan Payton zombie side and be like, oh, I've been playing board games. Yeah. And like lockdowns made Nathan go, oh, I play board games. Like, I mean, I've always played them. And I think actually the one thing Games Workshop do is make all of those Warhammer Quest games have been really good, but also mm. they generally have like way better models than anything else. I've I've played like Silver Tower, Shadows of a Hammer Hall, and Blackstone Fortress, and I have never had a bad time. Like they've always been either hilarious, dramatic. Uh, I real I remember when I, so I was playing with a, a large Viking named Tim and a beautiful man named Anthony, and we were playing Blackstone Fortress. And uh, Tim is uh, bless his cotton socks uh, a bit a bit of a dick. Uh, at times because he likes to break people and he realized there's no rule preventing you from harming other friendly characters uh, and then he would actively try to impede people to leave them to die uh, and get other people <laughs> killed in game and get his own party killed and like that was just tons of fun um, but I, I would like to point out there that in all of Cursed City something no one's talking about is the thing that has me the 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 squibbliest to get it now, I think a lot of people, they, they look on the community and they see like, oh, all these models, oh, all this cool stuff. Oh, look at those boards, blah, blah, blah. No one's talking about the thing in the bottom left corner on the Warhammer community article. Do you know what that is? It's what is a it? secret envelope. What does it contain? What secrets are in the envelope? Will we only know once we play the game? Do I get it, rip it open, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, secret envelope. Is the secret just that, like, like you open it up and it's like Games Workshop is controlled by lizard people? Like, what does it say in there? I just, I, I get, when someone tells me something's a secret and it's hidden, I'm like, I must know immediately. Uh, and so I, I am so excited. I, I, I looked at all the models. I like, they're really cool. And then when I saw secret envelope, I was like, feed me your secrets, cursed city. Isn't it, isn't it part of the mechanic, though, the secret envelope? Because it plays a lot like, oh, God, that board game that is like super intense and everyone's picked up. Um, uh, if anyone can shout it out for me. Uh, it's the, uh, there's a, the, the secret envelope mechanic is part of the process of, the, of how it works. Oh, if it, Gloomhaven, thank you very much. Uh, Gloomhaven, Cluedo. Angels. Yeah. Like, it's like Cluedo. 
Slight clue, though, Nathan, but I'm going to ignore you forever. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, right. Uh, so that's out. That's coming out. Uh, the other last bit is that we saw this is a, a little bit of narrative. So we're not going to talk about any of the narrative from uh, the new Techless book or the Broken Realms Techless. Book's not out yet, so that would be really shitty of us to do. So uh, we're not going to talk about this at all. Um, uh, however, we have seen a community article post specifically say um, the, the Broken Realm story ends after Kragnos. Uh, it was something like uh, the the Broken Realm story is gone, uh, or Kragnos. Uh, I can't like I'm ad libbing because I can't remember the exact content, but it was like something like that, and that's the end of the story, or like it's the end of the Soul Wars. Where's it going to go, sort of thing. So I think that that like, I think the we, we're already seeing the timeline sped up. We also have heard some rumors. Uh, some pretty significant rumors that Games Workshop have got like a red letter day or what. Dan, you, you worked in the shop, so you know. So basically a time when you can't take any time off. Um, and that seems to be June. So there's some pretty strong indications that Age of Sigmar 3 knocking around June. I was pretty certain that they weren't going to be stopping the train for anyone. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that's probably what we're looking at. Uh, I don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. You got any thoughts, James? Hype for it? Uh, yeah, pretty hype, pretty hype. I, I think it'll be cool, like, if they push it out for that period and actually release it so people can buy it. Like, it's the right time, right? Because we should be getting back to to gaming by then. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so, Dan, Nathan, any thoughts on that? So what? Just when all the restrictions are lifted, nobody's allowed any holiday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet those guys are happy. <laughs> yeah, but Nate, it's for our benefit as the uh, as the War Dolly hobbyist. So I am selfishly fine with that. Yeah. Um, and also, I just want to say thank you to everyone in the chat for all of your suggestions of what's in the envelope, uh, both those taking <laughs> it seriously and those telling me that it's just a scan of someone's middle finger. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm keen. I'm keen to see whatever it is. Yeah. I just I will always toot the horn of how much I love Age of Sigma for the fact that the 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 storyline doesn't stop right like Warhammer, i played warhammer fantasy for i think about a decade and it didn't change from when i started to literally the very end i was like yeah cool there's this it's pretty much the same whereas in the very short lifespan of age of sigma comparatively the the storyline of the realms and the world of age of sigma and the gods and everything is massive and as someone shared with me earlier this week mr gammy friend of the show beautiful man uh there's all of these little tidbits uh about the potential return like grunge returning from his exile and creating a super dwarf hold under the mountains of chamon so uh i'm hella excited for that i'm excited for him to take the the metal smithing and the the armor and the dwarden dwarfishness of the dispossessed slap on the insanity and the berserkness of the Fire Slayers, and then the high-tech weapons of the KO, and make a super dwarf. That's what I want, Captain America dwarf. Okay. Uh, there is a, an emote in the chat for everyone called Tangent. Feel free to use that at any point that you'd like to. Uh, okay, so that, I mean, that gets that gets us past the news. I think fairly significantly. Uh, a dangent, MJ Pegasus, you are a genius. Uh, that is in fact a dangent. Um, that <laughs> that gets us past the news. Nathan, you got any thoughts on all of this? How you feeling? Well, yeah, it's going to be uh, exciting to see Age of Sigma three. It's a pity because we've missed out on a big chunk of Age of Sigma two. And yeah, but roll on. Let's let's go and stab some things and throw nets on stuff in Age of Sigma three. 
Let's definitely do that. Can I also just thank uh, Hamsfan for gifting a gift subscription to Kdred in the chat. It's very much appreciated. Uh, Lurkafrags asks, wouldn't it be nice if they put out new battle tomes the second half of some armies for AOS 3? I mean, this is always going to be the process, right? I think, uh, as time goes on. Like, when we've got these, like, three-year cycles. And, um, uh, I don't know. I don't, like, I'm just in for the ride now. I've talked, what did I say on, me and Mumford did a show on Friday. I was like, I'm through the salt mines. I've tilled myself at the mill of the salt mines for many a year. And we've broken through to the plains of serenity. I'm just like, just shower me in releases. Just whatever. <laughs> I only want joke releases for the rest of time i want people to be really serious about it and i want to be like oh lol this is a kangaroo and it's better than your army like that's what i want and it's and i'm i'm living for it so whatever um because i'll do anything i'll just get a bunch of spider riders i'll call them wind chargers and i'll play with them and someone will be like that doesn't work and i'll be like imagine that you're taking it that seriously <laughs> fuck you that's where I'm at in life. So I'm here for it. I want Age of Sigmar 3. I want loads of new units. I want Alariel to be zero points. Or I'll just put a compact out that says she's zero points. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care anymore. Let's just have fun. Yeah? Let's have fun. Dan, James, Nate, should we have fun? That's what we're here for. I'm in. Well, All yeah. The fun. That's, what the, that's what the aim of the game is. So let's do it. Fun. Yeah. Wish you'd have told me that three years ago, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the we did, pressure just never would have gotten this high here. <laughs> right, okay. Should we do a review of these uh these these elven lads? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Are we ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh just to give you guys a kind of uh mistake. <laughs> so uh to give you kind of uh like we're going to go through the war scrolls mainly and i'm going to give you the kind of the background um none of the techlian stuff has changed it's basically copy paste um so that's what we're seeing there so it's just there's been no clarity there's been nothing like that uh which does mean i think we're going to need some uh, like faqs to happen again for this lumineth book but whatever um it's going to be technically has got more spells but we'll talk about that in a minute so two new um two new nations were released this is the first port of call now uh james and dan i'll ask you first uh do you guys know anything about the great nations that we saw play competitively or generally anyway um mm. uh, pre pre the new book any thoughts uh yeah i like i personally liked eumetrica uh, but you obviously saw the Magic Nation and the Twin Nation the most, which was Sire and, gosh, I can't remember what the other one was. The the Magic Nation were the best nation. Mm-hmm. That, that, is got the, that is wrong. Why? Because of, like, math. <laughs> <laughs> and how the game works. If that helps you in any way. <laughs> I thought this was a narrative show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone, though, because they still think we're competitive. Yeah, I'll tell no one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, so... we see Sire the most and... Yeah. Zytrek yeah, or... Zytrek. So Zytrek would be... Zytrek is what we saw with the Mountain Men, basically. So they got all the overlapping bonuses as a side mm. uh, bit, and then you would have Sire. Sire is just effectively better because you get two lots of Aether Quartz it gives you mm. access to the best stuff, uh, basically. So it means you can like double stack Aether Quartz ability on a unit. There's not that's not to say you can't play them as others, 
but the mechanic like the mechanics of it is so valuable that you've got each unit has got two stacks of aether quartz every yeah. single one that it that like it just doesn't really make sense to play anything else however Zyja and, would be the go on. oh and you had a command ability that let you double dip and use two use it twice in a, a phase as well instead of just once yes exactly right and uh, like headline for this book i don't see that changing <laughs> to be honest uh like so like we could take away that uh yeah aether quartz is just really really good and Lumina stonks are very, very high. So you wouldn't really take anything else. Unless, oh, sorry, I don't mean Zytrek. I mean Eumetrica. We also saw Eumetrica builds. Mm. Yeah, so we saw Sire and uh, Eumetrica builds, and Eumetrica was all your mountain men. That's what we saw. Now, there is a new... Um, let me just get the exact wording of it up. There are two new nations um, that are out. And uh, so there is uh, Helon uh, and Illuminia City. I think I'm saying those right. Now, Helon is to Lumineth what um, uh, Eumetrica is to Lumineth, in that this is all of the Hurricane units, which there are three Hurricane units uh, in the Windmage, well, four, sorry, Windmage, um, uh, the named uh, Fox Kangaroo Man, the non-named uh, uh, Fox Kangaroo Man, and also the Wind Chargers. So those are the new Hurricane units. So Helon is kind of designed for them. Uh, you get those, the Wind Chargers become Battle Line, in that nation so that's so like you kind of like oh actually if i want to lo run loads of kangaroos this is probably where i'd start um and then uh, they've got a commandability which is at the end of combat pick a helon unit that fought and is wholly within 12 inches of a hero it can make a normal move but can't run nathan one more time i'll read that to you end of the combat phase pick a helon unit that fought and is wholly within 12 inches of a hero it can make a normal move but can't run. Mm. Oh, that's uh, pretty tasty. That's a good command ability, yeah. Very good. Yeah, solid. Nice. Yeah, yeah. For them. Not for anybody else, but for them, it's nice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> can the wind charger things fly? Wind charger things. Wind chargers can if fly they can... if they start within range yeah. of a character, which is 12. Uh, wholly within 12 of a character, I think it is, yeah. So they can fly. Oh, wholly within six, wholly within six, maybe. But oh, then right. they count as flying. But the fox flies and the wind mage flies. Oh, okay. Strong. Okay. Yeah. So Good. pretty strong. Uh, yeah. The command trait is. Oh, it doesn't matter about the command trait. Uh, and then, uh, so the, the general kind of battle trait that you end up with uh, for Helon is you get plus one attack uh, on the bows if you're within three inches of the enemy. So if you're in within three inches of the enemy, the Rue Riders get plus one attack on that really bows. shooty yeah okay yeah so they become a little bit more shooty um uh and then uh the artifact that you can put on a character is uh once per battle the start of the combat phase minus one to hit wound for the phase um which is pretty nice uh but that's only once per battle so that's helon so helon gives you the kangaroos and we'll talk about that we might as well talk about the kangaroos now to be honest um which is fun so first off we'll talk about oh i meant to show this on the screen sorry guys Severith. Now, Severith has caused some commotion on the internet. Uh, Dan and James, in the ocean. Yeah, have you have you seen this water scroll in in, in its uh, in its like in its effectiveness? Yeah, or? I gave it a little bit of a read. Um, and doesn't isn't he missing the wind people keyword? Am I wrong in thinking that? Uh, or is that keyword? Like, as, I, think, I think I think he. Yeah, is he missing the hurricane keyword? 
No, no, no. No, he does have it. Okay, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, there we go. Never mind. I'm going to go put myself back in my box and think about what I've done. Bye. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, so Severith, let me read out his war scroll. Okay, I don't know if you three are sat comfortably because we're going to need this. Uh, so he moves 24 inches. Good start. Nathan, have you read this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. Nice. I mean, it's been on the uh, on the Twitter that many times. <laughs> you can't help but read it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Oh, I didn't it's talk a... about the spell law that we also get as well, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, so twenty-four inch move ten five up save uh, bravery ten. So he's got five up save. Uh, now his his howling death sh- uh, shot is only eighteen inch range, and obviously with. Uh, the 24-inch move. Not forgetting, obviously, Lumineth got access to a spell that can make a unit move twice as fast. So initially, you can do Speedy Heesh. So that's a 48-inch move unit. And then an 18-inch shooting attack. Uh, it so doesn't he... matter, though, does it? Because when the boards get four times bigger, it'll take him ages to get across it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, That is true. That is true. I actually hope that the boards are four times bigger because then Dispossessed will just be like, I'll never get to an objective. <laughs> we'll, we will get a tunneling machine of some description. We're, we're very creative. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Skinks1, thank you for subscribing. Big love to you. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, who needs a teleport if you can go across the board in a single turn? That is correct. Uh, so, uh, Severith. Uh, so, oh, yeah, let's just talk about this. So, he's got four shots. Uh, he hits on a 2, wounds on a 3, Ren 3, and D3 damage. So that's his shooting profile. And then in close combat, uh, he has got a 3-inch range on his weapon. That is significant when we get to it in the future. Uh, two attacks each, 2s, 3s, Ren 2, D3 damage. So not loads of attacks, really. And then D3 attacks, 3s, three, 3s, three, Ren 1, 1 damage. So like it's not a huge amount of output, if we're honest. Uh, but probably will do some pretty scary damage to a character, if not kill a character in a turn. Um, and probably do some potent work to a monster, I'd say. Like, if, you, if you're if you just sat there with a, a more Crusher at the back of the board, or I don't know, something else. But that 18-inch range is danger close, of course. We talked about this quite a lot when we discussed uh, Bliss Barb Archers and some other stuff. 18-inch range is quite nice, because you can charge him. However, obviously, this is <laughs> full of value, uh, so there's loads of joy here. Uh, right, abilities into the gale. Roll dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound uh, on this model, 5 plus, it ignores uh, it. Also, in addition... <laughs> Always just, important. Yeah, can I, just, can I just prefix this whole show with... I actually think the Lumineth just got... They got better. Definitely the Lumineth mm. got better. But I don't think in any way they're broken. Like, I'd say if I thought that they were. Like, but I think they definitely got better. They definitely got strong. And all of this being on some War Scrolls is a bit much, it feels. But I don't think it's, like, over the top. And I feel like 10 wounds, even with a 5-up, 5-up, can go down pretty quick. So I just want to be clear on that. Um, but but the in-additions are going to be funny. So can we, if we can all have fun with the in-additions, because that's my favourite bit. This book I is full of, full of in-addition. He's just like, Wait. fuck. Go on, James. I was just, like, when you read those... So hang on. In-addition. <laughs> so... My favourite is with the in additions is I don't really ever understand why they're in additions. Or what, why it it's not just, a new ability? Well, it's just like roll a dice. On a five up, these happen. Or why isn't it a new ability? Like I was looking at one the other day. I think it's the Daughters of Cain book. And it's like when you do something, roll a five up. If you roll a five up, this happens. In addition, this also happens. It's like, no, that's one thing. <laughs> like, if I roll a five up, this happens. 
Yeah, it's, I agree. It, you are. It's because you know where that's used. Like if you look at Into the Gale, right? Uh, the the first one on the screen there. It's roll the dice each time you allocate a wound. Blah blah blah. It's got a five up DPR. In addition, subtract two from the distance enemy models can pile in. You're a hundred percent right. Just someone was like, oh, we can't give it like 23 different special abilities. So we're just going to need to like, that's probably what they did originally. And then someone like a copy editor came in and just like deleted the bold text of the new like special ability and just put in addition next to the the new word and was like, ah, it's all one thing. It's fine. It's wind related. It's just a wind related thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really strong. Like, when we get towards the end of the review, we'll talk about where us three think the book sits. I would agree that this book is definitely as competitive at the same level as Seraphon. And none of us think that everything should be that there. However, when everything is at the level of Seraphon, it's all the same, if that makes sense. So, like, like now that there are two fucking swinging dicks at each other in the top bracket, which is fine. And IDK got that level of upgrade as well, by the way. Like, from, uh, like, it's like no one's, like, Seraphon is rough, but I did Deepkin just got better and are still just as oppressive. So I think there's at least three, maybe four or five books that are in that same tier as this book. This is, mm. this is just taking a 4-1 army into the 5-0 category and it has to compete with the others. Mm. But we'll talk about that later and you three might not agree and Twitch chat, you might not agree and you've got every opportunity to tell me and I would like to hear it. Uh, but yeah, the in addition wars. Subtract two from the distance of enemy models compile in to a minimum of one inch. Why is that there? Why is that in this <laughs> bit of the rule? You've got a five up DPR, sweet, but also unbeknownst. Because it's also I mean? related to the wind, obviously, and they couldn't add it into the searing desert winds rule or the spirit of the wind rule or the living cyclone rule. It obviously is specifically related to a gale force wind. I I think for me, when I ever read these in edition ones, my favorite bit is I feel like someone's writing this, you know, like if you're writing something. So let's Ooh. say I'm writing, I don't know, a letter to someone. I'm like, my health is really good. For dinner, I had something. Also, and I feel like that's what happens when whoever writes this and they're like, oh, he gets a five plus DPR. Also, <laughs> he gets to do this. Oh, and while he's there, this also happens. But what they actually forget is they've done that and they've given him six rules before you get to the next rule and it should have just been six different rules. Yeah, agreed. Actually, agreed. You know what it is? Yeah. Oh, the, this is what we've missed. All of the, this war scroll is written by someone trying to reach the word count on a university assignment. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> so someone said, someone was like, this war, this little, I don't know, flippy fart of a, a hurricane twat needs to have 600 words of special rules. Go. And so that's why they were just like, in addition, conversely, I would also draw your attention to. That's that's what we're looking at here. Well, so listen, look, it's going to take us a while if we notice every in addition, <laughs> so let's not do that. Mm. So what's important and the thing we haven't talked about so far, and the first things we are going to look at are the hurricane models. Uh, and I think arguably probably the only ones really worth talking about, but we will go through them all for the fun. Um, is the like, so when you, uh, so the important part about being hurricane, yeah, uh, specifically, um, is that you don't have to pile in towards the closest 
enemy model, which is what you previously had to do. So you had to move into the coastal enemy model. Uh, this is a situation we've never seen this before. Yeah, you have to. You can pile in away from the closest enemy model, and this is really significant. So this is true for Severith. This is true for the wind chargers. It's true for the non-named version of Severith uh, as well. Um, and it's going to be really important because now we know that and now we know that two inch pile in we know what we can do with our 24 inch move model is we can move 24 inches we can charge if we want to then when we activate and don't forget lumineth when they charge they activate two units in the um, in the activation phase before you activate uh, so two charging units specifically so you can activate you can pile away to 2.9 inches which means you uh, are going to affect a unit um, uh, but with the into the gale ability so now they can only pile in one inch so if they've got a one inch weapon that means that's two inches they're still 0.9 away and then you can attack back with a three but, inch uh, range weapon isn't it only models it affects yeah. models not units so if you pile 2.9 away that model can still pile in three no, it, no, because it's in addition from enemy models that can pile into them while they're within three inches of this model yeah, so he'll be two. Oh, while well, they're within three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Am I making sense? And then, so, but that so that that model won't be able to pile in, but another model next to him would be able to pile in three and reach him. Yes, effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, although, okay. like, it depends on where you charge, and obviously, thankfully, you've yeah. got loads of options, so you can effectively move block. That's going to be my big takeaway, and it's still been my big takeaway from this whole army. We'll talk about it more as we go through. But the, the capacity to move block is very significant, uh, but there's still always going to be the main... Well, we'll keep talking uh, later on. Anyway, Living Cyclone, next ability, which is you roll a dice for each enemy unit that's within three inches of this model after this model makes a charge move. <laughs> on a three plus, that unit suffers one mortal wound and subtract one from hit rolls for that unit until the end of the next combat phase. A unit cannot be affected by this ability more than once per phase. So you natively, just by charging on a three plus, make a unit minus one to hit, uh, which is kind of like the Sinesh Locus ability. Mm. Minus uh, one to hit, five up DPR, stopping people from piling in. Sweet Betty Dingus. Yeah, it's real nice. Uh, then you've got Scour, which is at the start of the charge phase. You can pick one faction terrain feature that's within one inch of this model. If you do so, this model cannot charge in that phase, but you can roll a dice. On a two plus, the scenery rules on that terrain feature's war scroll cannot be used for the rest of the battle. Now, this, I think, is the one that's caused the most issue <laughs> yeah. on the internet. Uh, Nathan, I'll start with you because you've read it. Like, what are your feelings uh, on that one? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean that really uh, is tough on some armies. So, uh, especially like a gloom, a gloom spite army, they're going to have to defend their loon shrine from this sodding fox all the time because uh, it's it's such an important piece to the. Effectively, it's where most of your Allegiance abilities are tied to the, to that because the elite, the moon, the bad moon is, is just a fun thing. It it doesn't, uh, <laughs> it doesn't really give you that many allegiance abilities. Your allegiance abilities are your summoning that you can get out of the shrine, and the the immune to battle shock, uh, and a lot of the time you really need that. So yeah, uh, it's it's a toughie. Uh, I would think I think there's a few other armies that really like this scene. Like again, Beasts of Chaos probably. Um, 
trying to think which armies it would affect the most. Definitely Gloom Spike, Beast Chaos. Uh, probably, I mean, the the Arceoc Bone Reaper scenery is really good. Uh, if they rely on it overly, I'm not so sure if they rely on it as much as, I guess, I mean, it's, I think, it's um, super, super oh, can useful. I just, say, just while we're carrying on, can I just thank Kirioth in the chat for gifting a gift subscription in the chat, Kirioth, uh, a very well-established YouTuber and a lovely man for jumping in the chat and dropping off uh, five gift subscriptions. That's very much appreciated. Aww. And if you guys want to go check out Kirioth's YouTube channel, uh, it's, uh, it's a, he's a very uh, lovely fella um, and uh, makes some really nice like videos. So you check him out, uh, basically. Cool. Uh, like, uh, so, yeah, thanks very much. That's yeah. nice here. That's lovely. I would say other ones that are really useful. Obviously, Nurgle loves their trees, but they can grow new ones. But still, it's a bit of a pain if you've got to keep growing ones that this fox is eating. Uh, and and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of the armies really like their terrain. The Ideneth Deepkin, uh, I don't think people will be that upset. Uh, well, the problem is it's the shape. So <laughs> the Ideneth Deepkin probably don't care that much if it loses the rules because they're going to be using the shape of it anyway. And then the Sylvaneth Woods, obviously the Sylvaneth love their woods. So. I think um, mm. to jump in, I just think, I also think like the, the corn and the Slanesh one now, mm. Because yeah. they can both summon from those. Yeah. So, like, at the minute, Corn and Slanesh, you can kill all the heroes, and they're like, cool, I'll just keep summoning from my altar, which in theory is in their back end of the board, which is defending their own points. Like, there's nowhere really of stopping this, like, 24-inch move getting there. So I think, that's, I think that's quite scary if you're one of those armies that's like, well, if all else fails, I'll keep some summoning points and throw some units on from a piece of terrain. You're suddenly like, oh, oh, I have no terrain. <clears throat> but it's uh, it is the one maybe like pro defensive element to it that people need to be careful they get right though is that it's at the start of the charge phase so it's yeah. before you've charged however he's still been allowed to move twice before then yeah. so that's yeah i think i think the point little chris was making in the chat uh nice seeing him here as well like is you, you're right like you just you elect and give up any charging because you can't charge after um mm. Uh, to destroy a piece of faction terrain and really like are you throwing away this model um uh to go and do that i don't know like is it rubbish having painted something to turn up but i personally i personally don't think you're gonna see a lot of this model in uh, armies anyway because mm. the conversation that you have a lot or we've had a lot over the past year looking at lumineth armies is they're very elite and maybe they're not quite costed at the level of elite that they are um, but they already struggle for points and bodies, generally. Like, they really do struggle for points and bodies, uh, especially if they put Teclis in. Now, I don't think you have to now definitely put Teclis in, but the reason Teclis was mostly in there, um, Technado aside, because obviously there was some smooth brain Technado plays, obviously, uh, the, the more ridgy version of that would be um, the fact that you could give a five-up DPR to your whole army. That was the kind of the, the reason. Obviously, also, really important, you can shut down uh, where you can double the price of uh, command points and stuff. I don't know. I don't think he makes it into the list. I think you're fighting so much for bodies and points in the list anyway. I think there are other options because, like, and I mean, does it matter? Like, it's like it's good. You can do it. But, like, have I ever looked and thought, oh, if I can only blow up that Loon Shrine, I'm going to fucking definitely win this game. Like, I just don't see that. Like, it's not a play, not for, against any of the top armies. No one cares. So, like, it's good that it's not 
It's not necessarily good. I don't really like that it's on there, I don't think, uh, on a very mobile unit. When it's on a Gargant, you're like, whatever, man. The guy can't fly. He's got to get there. Like, that's fine. Um, it'd be it'd be good counterplay against, say, Skaven, who like to put a, a teleporty thing in each board deployment zone often. And so it's like there. But other than that, I don't see it hitting a playstyle like incredibly hardly. It sucks. The, the question a lot of people have been asking, which I think is hilarious, is like, what if he does it on something garrisonable? Like a, a, there's something standing in a, on your little uh, ziggurat for the, the old lizards, and then he rocks up and he's like, yeah, nah, because the garrison thing is on its war scroll, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, it, which he means, can't get, but it's still a garrisonable can't get, build. He can't get within an inch. Yeah, he can't get within an inch at the start of the charge phase, unless he fights for a turn. And then he's at the start of the charge phase, the following True. thing. Then so I guess yeah, that, he could. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, of course, because uh, you can, cause you can yeah. use it because it's at the start of the charge phase. So it's not it's not just his charge phase. It's any charge phase. Mm. Um, oh. But we'll see. We'll see. Like, uh, would I rather have... I, we'll see whether or not it sees play, but I don't think as much as it's like uh, ripping the internet up because of the mobility. I think the move 24 is the major issue. And I don't know, um, like, so the non-name characters also move able to move 24. I don't know if you guys were aware of the command ability I read out but a moment ago, if you're wholly within yeah. range. What was the um, thing? Do you have to be in combat for that, or can just move it? It doesn't matter if you're in combat the old, The other command ability? Yeah, the move the at the end of the... Yeah. It's end of the combat, pick a Helon unit that fought that's holding within 12 inches of a hero. Important uh, point, the non-named character isn't a, isn't a character. It's like, so he's okay. not a character. So you won't be able to do it like from him, but you could do it on him if you if you thought about it anyway. So we're not finished on this yet. Um, <laughs> Searing Desert Wizard wins. Searing Desert wins is after this model makes a normal move, pick one enemy unit that has any models that the model has passed across and roll a dice on a 3 plus that suffers d3 mortal wounds so this is after the model makes a normal move uh which is 24 inches and then he's got spirit of the wind which is at the end of the shooting phase and that's both shooting phases because it doesn't specify this model can make a normal move of 12 inches but cannot run in addition this model can retreat and still charge in the latest same turn the reason that that's interesting that it's been written as a normal move is because then that affects searing winds so i can move over a unit and do d3 mortal wounds and then after the shooting phase where I've shot, I can move 12 inches, move over a unit again, and do D3 more mortal wounds. And then if I wanted to... Was I the... Go on. Sorry, was the Searing Winds every unit he flies over? No, one. One enemy unit. Just one. Okay. Phew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it's, it's busted powerful, but it's not that busted powerful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think Odia makes a good point. Like, Severith is probably unplayable trash because they haven't given him a plus one leadership aura, which is really what we needed on this war scroll to make him good. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe it's not on there, if I'm honest. Though, Pancha, the... I... Go on. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to point out what I was trying to say before, but I was getting my keywords wrong, is that Severith can't be in Helon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, wasn't yeah. I wasn't suggesting yeah. he could be. Uh, like we're kind of also reviewing the non-named version yeah. at the same time. At the same right? time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then you've got Wind Mage Symbiosis. In your hero phase, if this model is within 12 inches of any friendly Wind Mages, you can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to this model. So he's also got a heal. So just to kind of recap, uh, he's got kind of like, uh, like a bolt thrower level of shooting uh, in some ways. Um, almost flinger level. 
shooting, uh, some would argue. <laughs> Almost, but I... nothing's ever going to match the flinger. <laughs> I bet he's loads more expensive than the flinger because he shoots at least twice as well. The... Um... I mean, it's crazy to think that if this guy is not making it into lists, because if you put that war scroll into some other books, he would be he would be making it into lists. Oh yeah, oh he would. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying that. So don't forget, he's also Eumetrica locked. So you're taking him, you're going in Eumetrica, and Eumetrica's fine. Um, it's just it's not Sire, right? And I think that actually he, I think really it goes at this stage, in my opinion, it goes Sire at the top by a good wet, uh, portion, Helon, uh, and then Eumetrica. I think Helon's really, really good, and I'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, but yeah, really good. So uh, time, time. Anyone got any other thoughts on this before Nathan guesses the points? James, got any feelings? Is, no, I'm good. Is he technically uh, like he's Eumetrica, right? But does he have the Alarith keyword? Uh, no. Okay, cool. So he doesn't get rend, like, to ignore up to rend two. No. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Nathan, how many points would you pay for a uh, 10 wound, 5 up save, it's only 5 up save, 5 up DPR, um, which is quite nice, uh, in addition, 24 inch move, that can be double move, obviously 48 inches, 12 inch move after, if it moves over anything, does D3 mortal wounds, and it can do that twice. Uh, for some reason also stops you piling in two inches and minus one to hit. Did we forget at some point in this conversation that it also makes a unit minus one to hit when it does that? That's a nice little addition on top of that. But that is on a three up uh, that happens. Uh, and then also he can destroy a terrain feature. Um, I think and it can heal D3 as well. So there's, uh, there's some options there. What do you think points wise? Do you know the points or do you not know? I did see the points, but I've forgotten how much they are, so now I'm trying to remember. But, I mean, if you compare them to... So I always compare things to Gits, because I know the points in there. If you if I'm comparing him to things in the Gits book, he's, like, got to be 300 points somewhere there. <laughs> oh, yeah, bang on, 300 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that must be stuck in my brain from when I saw it. Yeah, he's got to be that sort of figure. I mean, he's value isn't he though it's with that many rules it's really hard to point mm. the little fucker isn't he i think the important point about it is like is like what's his role inside the army like mm. and the answer is he does yeah. loads of stuff and i think that that could be problematic ultimately um in, in his war scroll i think if you were to take severith and play him obviously you're now playing your metrica and that's a whole different ball game i think to play in sire i think you're already playing in a worse spot so, but the non-named version is only eight wounds with a five-up save, right? So already, like, it's a much more manageable, and it's two fifty points. I just don't put, see you leveraging such a low amount of wounds at such a high points cost for any of these roles. Because if you're talking about range damage in the army, sentinels are better. They're longer range, and then they're they're out of they're, they're out of danger close range. If you're looking to move block, ruse are better. Yeah, if you're looking to stop pylons, there's not really anything else that does that apart from like a spell, uh, two spells. Sorry, um, like so, like th- there's the ability to do that, um, and so I don't really like he does loads of things really well, and then is pointed to do lots of things. I just don't see that you would do lots and lots of things for them. I think obviously a lot of people not overly happy about the fact that he moves 12 inches in my shooting phase. 
Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so which is at the end of the shooting phase, which would be at the end of my. So me and Dan are playing. Dan's got a guy. I run up three inches away, and then in the end of my shooting phase, he's like, "By the way, I'm just gonna fucking jog on twelve inches this way," mm. and then he's out of charge range. I think that's generally. I think that needs an FAQ because I don't think that's okay. But then he's also moving away from an objective. He's moving away from stuff, and I think that, like, I mean, he doesn't have to move away. He could move onto an objective as well. That could be a problem. Um, but like, it's a lot of points. Uh, James, you got do, any feelings on it? Do you want my like my honest, actual opinion? Yeah, is that I I almost feel like he's a trap for the fact that I would never remember all those rules. Um, I think a good a good player can leverage the quality inside of Severith, but I feel like you're spending a lot of points to do things that you can find in other places and still have more bodies because yeah, at the I end think... of the day, you have to still score objectives and play the game. And a 300-point yeah, model like that you're taking away from a current... like So if you took Severith and Teclas, you've spent 960 points before you put any... You've got two bodies on the board. Like, that's not a lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking about it in terms of like you take a the the Arulian wardens wardens. Yeah, um, that's just just under thirty of them. Like, yeah. and for, for compare that, what you would get out of thirty of them to what you get out of one of him. And I know it's not always like as easy to do that, but inside of the army, like you were saying, that always struggle that already struggles for bodies and wounds. I don't see the value coming out of him compared to 300 points elsewhere. Yeah, I think I think for me it's more like so. I feel like you've got to play a lot of games. So if if we ignore like high end for a second, like an average player, so I've got to learn that. So that first ability, even where I'm like, oh cool, I've got a five up DPR, and then you're like, oh shit, but actually this whole game I forgot that I subtract two from parlins because it's just fucking hidden under a rule that it doesn't match right yep um, yeah, so i think true. almost to some degree like it's an almost over complicated war scroll was i think one of my points it's a that lot of rules one of my things. it's a yeah. lot of rules it's a lot of rules and some pretty potent damage he's definitely going to kill a character mm. like which is like he basically gets yeah. like 100 to 150 points of character kill a turn and he half damages a monster down which i think is potent and if he does keep as being able to retreat in your enemy movement shooting uh, enemy movement phase, unless you have shooting, you're never going to get him unless you pin him in. Um, mm. So, like, uh, I mean, but shooting some... wise, like, let me throw this at you: it would be cheaper to have twenty sentinels than to have one of him. Twenty sentinels gives you the bodies and would outshoot him in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And so, so like, I don't really see it in the army. Like, I, I see people, but then that's not true. I see people building a bunch of armies, so Severith in another faction, with other Hurricane models as well. I see that as an army to play, but I don't see that as the army to play. Does that make sense? Like, he's yeah. very effective. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty model. He's also very expensive. Like, well, I mean, so when we get to the ballistas, like, there's two Star Shard ballistas that, like, pretty much can take him off the board. Uh, pretty competent. Like, three Salamanders are going to, like, absolutely, like, dog him to death. Like and like, forty skinks are gonna like turn him into like full mustard. Like there's so like three flamers, they'll do a pretty decent job of almost killing him. Um, that's not if you don't have six. Like, like he can go down pretty competent. And as much as he's fast, it's like, is he as fast as a teleport? No, it's like Sonic running into a portal. He's just gonna be like, uh oh. Um, so yeah. <laughs> 
so yeah, I don't. I personally, personally don't rate him, but I can understand how everyone sees all of these, especially having come off the Sinesh review, um, seen all these abilities in one War Scroll and gone, what the fuck, man? And also, like, move 24, mental. Move 12 inches after shooting, so it's 36, crazy. The fact he can move 48 inches mm. and move 12 is nuts. Like, he all, mm. like, it feels like a lot of other War Scrolls don't have this level of value. Um, and so I could see the frustration uh, with this War Scroll, I would say. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Anyone got any other vibes on this? Um, uh, no, but the one thing I would flag is what the lovely Chuckle Buddy did point put out there. Um, for for a lot of people that won't be playing on TTS, the idea of painting twenty to thirty models versus painting one beautiful model will be very appealing to some hobbyists um, and furries. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot we were in the painting meta. That's what. Like, so we can just I'll just put Not a pin yet. in this now for the rest of all of this conversation. Of course you can paint them and that will be fun. Done. We never have to have that for the rest of like <laughs> a, a, some yeah. sort of justification at the end of every fucking war scroll. Like <laughs> pinning that converse in fact actually clip, yeah. For the rest of time, of course you can paint models and that will be fun. Pinning that, we never need to bring the subject up one more fucking time. Yeah. Brilliant. Done. Clipped. So I'll I'll make that a link so if someone goes, but it'll be nice. Fucking Just, done. There we go. But, Right, let's move on to the next unit, right? And I just, like, we could just fucking go home after this, if you want, because... <laughs> <laughs> the kangaroos are here to do the work. The only thing that really angers me about this war scroll, the thing that drives me up the wall, is that the photo on the little top right-hand tile is of the guy on the back, and not the most important element of it, the angry kangaroo he's riding. But which one's the wind charger? Best unit in Age of Sigmar. Uh, the wind charge is the, uh, the actual dude, isn't it? The mounted archers of the Hurricane sprint across the battlefield with the wind at their backs. They're agile tree runner steeds. So the wind charge must be the guys on top. That's why yeah. he's not in there. He's not part. He's not named on that, that war scroll down. He's not Stop important. Trying to take away from me. Stop trying he's to take He's merely a mount. Wait, is my name Stormcast Dan on the screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault i didn't do it uh can we stop calling them ruse we can diadrian absolutely the hurricane wind chargers i'll use the specific ones the tree runners i don't know how to describe this unit other than they fill me with such deep and overwhelming joy they are truly nathan if they were in one of your dungeons they would have a flogger the size of a fucking <laughs> baby yeah and they'd just be like they'd be like scream you'd be screaming like daddy no no, because these guys fuck so hard. Let's My favourite thing is that you brought this war scroll up. I haven't seen it. I've been pretty, pretty oh. well behaved at not staring at stuff this week. Okay, uh, I don't know if Dan's back yet. I want to wait for Dan. Uh, this um, is go on. Oh, mine's unrelated. My favourite thing is just like how much the chat has just exploded. <laughs> Why have they exploded? Oh yeah, like you put this war scroll up and the chat went faster than i can read it at this point yeah this is the tree runners are the one the tree runners are the one uh right okay let me talk about them i decided i decided that i wasn't gonna that just a beer wasn't gonna cut it so i got myself some mixer and an entire bottle of smirnoff let's do this that's all you're gonna need my brother (laughs) monday Um, mornings 
<laughs> I'm fucking. I'm so into these. It's unbelievable. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, the ballista fires three times." I was like, "You don't fucking know anything about Warhammer," and I fucking love it. Right? Um, they've got a profile which doesn't even matter. You know what? I'll talk about the profile first before I get to the bit that like fucks so hard. Like I want it to like take me in some sort of like <laughs> Virginia way. Uh, right? So they move fourteen unless they start near a uh, a near a character, in which case they move sixteen. Yeah, and then they can pile in six inches as opposed to pile in three inches. And don't forget, they can always pile away from the closest enemy model. Yeah, really important. There's a sweet battalion, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, they're two wounds each with a five-up save. So they're not very survivable. Not forgetting if they're in the Teclean bubble, they can obviously be have a five-up DPR potentially, uh, which is really, really nice. Uh, and of course, if they've got their little uh, Aether Quartz uh, gubbins, of course they can spend that and have plus one to save. If they're in Sire, they could do it. They could use it to have plus two to save as long as they've got a character nearby, um, which is cool. So like they could be very tanky if you wanted to. You could go from a five up to a three up, right? which is nice. Uh, now, let's talk about their weapons. They only shoot 12 inches, but they move 14 or 16, so they're fast. Not forgetting that you can double their movement, which is very fast. Uh, they hit on threes, they wound on threes, they've got rend one, and they do damage of one. Uh, so you've got, from a unit of five, because they come in units of five, ten shots, hitting on threes, wounding on threes, rend one, doing one damage. Now, it's not a huge volume of shots, like, but it's quality shots. Like, it's quite nice. Um, uh, it'll clear chaff really nicely, and it'll threaten five wound characters quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Do a bit of chip damage, or more importantly clear a screen before they go charging in that's also something that they could do quite nicely uh nath you got anything uh, you got any thoughts on these so far yeah they're fast they're all right they can shoot all right yeah that's yeah yeah seem good yeah, yeah. good now in combat their wind charger bow is three inch range correct uh yeah it's got one attack each threes threes rend two <laughs> damage one that's caught that's caused a bit of an issue in close combat now apparently quotation marks uh the story is that the wind charger bow is used in combat and that's what we're seeing that's why it's a three inch range so they're never actually using it to hit people with because it's the uh the claws of the tree runner that are scraping at your face and they've got two attacks each so two attacks each threes they wound on fours no rend, damage one. So you've got 10 attacks coming out of those as well. So, like, in total, if you ended up, like, shooting and charging, you'd end up with 11 attacks because the Windspeaker Seneschal, and that is correct, they have a unit champion. Always important to notice which units have unit champions. They have a unit champion, um, and so they've got a, an extra shot in uh, the shooting. So 11 shooting attacks, uh, 5 close combat attacks, uh, and then also another 10 close combat attacks. Uh, as well so uh what is that 15 uh 26 26 tax total from this kind of unit most of it with rend uh and most of it like threes well threes and threes or fours sort of thing and now they've got some abilities do not apply cover modifier to save rolls uh, when you're attacking with a wind charger bow uh, and that seems to apply in both combat and shooting because they haven't changed that in any way yeah um, uh, they've got a standard bearer and you can reroll backshot test for the unit and their bravery 7 which is quite nice um, and then they've also got go where the wind blows this unit makes a move it can pass across terrain features in the same manner as a model that can fly so it's very fast very very fast um, okay uh, what do you guys think of this uh, James have you not read this before 
No, I, I just like nosing through it. It's really interesting, isn't it? Like every every I would say shooting or hybrid unit in the whole of Age of Sigmar, like if it shoots and fights or uh, just shoots, um, will always have that thing, won't it? Where it's like the leader of this unit. So those old Stormcast guys with the bolt guns, like the leader of this unit is a Liberator Prime, whatever. He gets two attacks on his sword where everyone else, or plus one attacks on his sword. It's really interesting that all of the like, uh, so you don't get save modifier rolls and the the top lad, uh, and instead of being like to his melee weapon, it is literally like to the bow that he uses in everything. And it's yep. like, oh, and the cover mm. save doesn't apply to, applies to everything. Uh, and, and not that I care, like, I think it's kind of cool. And I also, and this will probably get me shot on the internet more than the corn hate, but um, to some degree, I think if you're bouncing around on a kangaroo, you might get a shot off in combat. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they're hitting on threes. It's not fours, James. They're not like, they're not, they're not like, I'm bouncing on a kangaroo. I hope I hit. They're like, well, I consistently hit, by the way. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like, that's a weird one, though, right? So without getting too nerdy, um, I do think, like, obviously, Genghis Khan's lot had the best horse archers in the world. So if we go on that, they would have fired them close. They would have fired them at range. That's not how they actually worked. I don't know if you you know. So they would actually. So what they would do uh, is, if oh, you had like an enemy front line, what they would do is they would they would ri- ride in concentric circles, and then they would so they would like move up, get close because they had short ishbos, fire away, and then they would move away. And then they were moving uh, roundish circles. Uh, and if the enemy were moving forward, they would just kind of circle backwards uh, and keep firing away their short bows until no one could get close. And if they retreated, then they would kind of aggress forward. So they wouldn't quite run in a line. Imagine a kind of circle of fire coming towards them or away from them. And then but, they would pin them to death. But our roos are moving six inches when they pile in. So they're doing the same thing, just in a circle. <laughs> Um, I think I think for me the most interesting thing is, and I know it was talked about earlier in the chat, so I won't go into it too much. But like that thing where people have talked about um, them changing lots of core cool rules is really confusing and different. Mm. And I think it's really interesting to them be like, oh well, it's not even a core cool rule, but it happens on like every war scroll where if a unit shoots and uh, fights well, their leader will only get one extra attack to one of those weapons whereas in this it's been written so it works in and out of combat it's quite interesting like it's also strong scary. let's also follow I think that the up way that the, i think the way that the bows get written too because the people are asking that i i think when they're using them in combat they're actually just taking off the bowstring and using it as a garrote wire as they ride past so like they're holding the string out riding past their opponent wrapping it around their throat and then just dragging them behind until the head pops off mm-hmm. uh that's probably why it's rent too but also this is the most absurd unit in age of sigma <laughs> just just what do you want Ren 2, I mean, I, I'm loving all of the Ren 2 comparisons. Gotrek Ren 1, I think someone put in there. I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, uh, there's a lot of sky cannons that aren't particularly Dread higher Saurian than Ren 1. Dread Saurian Jaws. Dread Saurian Jaws is Ren 2. Uh, or am I wrong? Who knows? Who knows? But, um, no, but I'm saying they're the same as a wind charger bow. Like, uh, it, the, the biggest beastie doing its big old chompy, and it's like, oh, or pretty common elf bow on sublime infantry. Well, 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 but the bow has no rend. The arrow has rend. No, it's a melee weapon. It says melee weapon. 
They're using it <laughs> yeah, to hit. No, he's shooting. It's not the, close... Then maybe he's stabbing you with an arrow. Still in the bow, like this. It I'm not even say, buying them. It doesn't say melee weapon, stabby arrow. It says yeah. you can charge a bow, James. Not having hey. any of this shit. Uh, Nathan, what are your thoughts on this war scroll? Uh, so, yeah, it seems decent, but uh, so the extra parlin stuff, that's all in the... Yeah, fucking, this is because you fuck so hard, Nathan, that's where you're at. Let me tell you, <laughs> they could have, they could have <laughs> none of the fucking combat attacks. Zero combat attacks. Zero poids. And I would take this unit, two units in this unit, uh, in this army all day. Let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to run forward 14 inches, or sometimes 16 inches, or sometimes fucking 32 inches. Depends on how fucking excited you are that day. And then they're going to charge. And you'll be like, right, let's have a scrap, mate. And they'll be like, no, I've charged two units in. What you can do is like, I'm going to pile to 2.9 inches. You'll be like, okay, I'll pile in, I'll do one attack. You'll be like, sweet. And you'll be like, my turn. I can either pile in or retreat. You'll be like, yeah. You'll be like, fuck, priority roll. Okay, cool. I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck off now. You're like, oh, shit. Uh, that's pretty That's pretty rubbish. What are you going to do now? I'm going to charge back in. Oh, fuck. I can't move. And it's the end of the game. And it speeds Age of Sigmar up massively. Because we never have... Only one person ever has to move. It's perfect. You just never get involved. You're just like, oh, fuck. This, this. So they're amazing. They're like... Uh, what's the question so, you want to ask about the piling, Nate? So where do you get the piling from again? Is that the... Come you on have to the come on trait for the village that they live in. No, no. If you're a Hurakan model, Hurakan is where how you get the okay. pile in. Uh, let me go find the actual wording for you. So while, it's because uh, you you have kind of like three you have three sub factions that you always get within the factions. Imagine like Grots, Spider Riders, and Trogs, right, Nate? Yeah. So imagine yeah. you've got those three. So regardless of what city you're from, you always get your sub-faction. So you've got the Aurelian Legion and like all of their bizzo, which are just your traditional shiny, bright, wizardy elves. Then you've got your um, uh, stony, Eumetrican mountain people who always get their rules. Yeah. And then you have your huracana magical kangaroo riding wonderful people who always get their rules, no matter who they're playing for. It's so good. Yeah. So, okay. So not like spider riders and things. Like the same. Like they don't riders. get rules. They yeah, just, they, they don't get they, any extra rules for being spider riders. Yeah. So yeah. do you see what I mean about? Do you see what I mean about the attacks are almost um, uh, uh, are almost pointless because very much the conversation we're having about Severith about what's his role. The wind chargers can do some shooting and they can do some combat and for some reason it's Ren too. Yeah, and they can also pseudo fly. Let's not forget we can make them move thirty-two inches and pseudo fucking fly for some particular reason. Also, you can re like it's like it's dumb. Yeah, before we get into the fact that they then don't have to pile in, they can pile away. It's game changing. No one can do this. No one else could do this, and it is gonna fuck your shit up. Is the point, and it's really good. Rob, do we have time for a brief tangent? Yeah, yeah, please do. Because I just, I'd like to, I'd so quickly drop him in the chat. Uh, so very quickly to to respond to James's comment about the fact that the wind charger bow is obviously the arrow being used in combat. Combat. Yeah. I would like to draw your attention to the fact that the the wind chargers don't even actually shoot arrows; they just like uh, boomerang their bow at you from 12 inches away. Now go with me on this, Rob. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at the Zangor Skyfire War Scroll. 
Okay. Good. Now, That's in an their archer. missile weapons, yeah, yep. in their missile weapons, they have the arrow of fate. Okay. In their wow. melee weapon, of, they have of the fate of fate. Arrow of fate. <whistles> melee weapons, the bow stave itself. Okay. So yep. what we can take from the wind charges is that in combat they hit you with the bow, and at distance they hit you with the bow. No, no arrows needed. No arrows needed. They're just hitting you with the bow at range and in combat. But it doesn't combat. say uh, bow save. It's just, it's yeah, just it the bow still. It doesn't say that they're shooting an arrow in the missile weapon, does it? It just says they have one. So oh, they're okay, just going, that's like, fair. Maybe they just... I mean, they're Australian, right? So... Yeah. Oh, oh, so shout out to Diadrin in the chat. He's pointed out some counter tech there that fanatics will work, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start yeah, of so... the combat phase stuff will work, yeah. Uh, not forgetting that uh, you get to activate twice um, <laughs> if you charge uh, in Lumineth. That's another battle trait that they have. Uh, how many points uh, do you... James, do you know the points or not know the points for these? No idea. Okay, I'd like you to guess. Uh, so don't forget, Bliss Barb Archers from uh, Lumineth, not Lumineth, from uh, whatever they're called, were 180 points. Yeah, uh, Nathan, you got any comparisons in your head? Dan, do you know the points either or no? I don't know the points, but I'm I'm actually genuinely trying to work out what they'll be. Right, oh, Twitch I, out, don't so I'm already it. there. I think 220. 220. 220. I... Okay, so two wounds a model, so that, that's... Eels, they eels in... are 170 points, don't forget. They come in fives. Fives, 10 wounds, five up save. So 10 wounds with a five up save. Uh, I'm going to go... I think they should be... 200 but i reckon they're going to be 180 and right. if, and at 180 there is steel absolute uh, steel nathan what are you feeling what are you vibing well i mean so it's 10 wins with the five up save so that's basically the same as a spider rider five Correct. spider riders <laughs> <laughs> five, these guys shoot twice five spider riders also shoot twice uh so yeah i reckon they're about the same as a spider rider so about 100 points <laughs> <laughs> How are they the same? What movement are spider riders? Uh, ten. Spider riders also yeah. fly, don't they? Yeah. Give me a real points. Yes. Give me a real points thing. I ain't got time for your shenanigans. <laughs> spider riders have bows as well. They're pretty much the same unit. They are. Oh, they hit two shots each. And oh, okay, so these guys are a bit faster. So we'll give them an extra twenty points, maybe okay. for that. Uh, and they're. <laughs> They've got rend they and they're have... threes and threes, not fives and fours. <laughs> okay, so another 20 points for that and the 20 points for that. So 160. And then uh, they got that stupid parlin thing, so 180. <laughs> and then they're probably better leadership as well. Come leadership think of seven. It. So uh, 200. Uh, yeah, I reckon about 200 points. Absolutely spot on. <laughs> There he goes. You fucking cracked it. Minus 70 <laughs> points, though, because they're 130. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're really good. They're really good. Jeez. <laughs> uh, they're really good. They're so good. They're so good. They're so cheap and so good. They are well, not am... 150. They're 130. They're 130. Sorry, they're 130. On. They're 130. I thought they were gonna... 150 on the Friday show. I was like, 150. What a bargain, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> 20 points more. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm jumping on the web store and I'm gonna see how I can convert those kangaroos into the undead. 
So here's some uh, fun we haven't even talked about yet. I'm so excited I'm dancing. Let's talk about some fun, right? If you take two units of three, let's take a current standard Arulean build, right? Two drop, loads of stuff with Teclas, Cathalar in there as well, value for days. Like, just values, you just throw it, like, great. You could stick in now the utility. You always have to play that as a castle and move up into the center of the board. Now you don't have to do that at all. You just throw some ruse forward. Now, people are right. You can absolutely just punch out a unit of these ruse. They're not very survivable. You can't do it in the turn they charge. So in your turn, you are going to have to move, shoot, or charge. And if they pile in and charge the right area, like if you pile into a screen, for instance, they're going to have to run away from you or move away from you. It's going to be very problematic. They're also on cavalry bases and there's also five of them so they're going to be able to control a large portion of the board which is really nice also i reckon two units of them sniper character but here's where it gets fucking really fun they can be battle line and you can take them in units of up to 15 and then we can do all of the fucking shit that we want yeah because it's so good for instance the wind charger bows james are what range three inches so we can pile in six inches wherever the fuck we want after we've charged we've got a unit 15 and if we're in heal on just fucking after combat uh we could throw in severith or someone else so they can never ever pile in towards us although you can pile it like you kind of have to like get a bit janky with it nathan was right earlier and then you can just fucking run away with the command ability it's really fun <laughs> There's so much good stuff with it. It's so much value. They're probably the most exciting war scroll I've read for ages. You can do so many fun, janky things with them and completely ruin the game. Like I was about to say, the thing I like the most <laughs> is that for 130 points, you get to ignore the core rulebook. Like, just so many pages of it that it's like, someone's like, hey, do you know how piling in works? And you're like, don't need to. And they're like, yeah, wait, but it's, it's, a, it's a core rule of the game. It's like, no, no. Um, you and every other army and unit in the game, you play with the rules, and I, I get to play with my rules. And they're like, but, but why do you get to do that? And I'm like, because I'm not a peasant. Uh, so I'm really excited to see this in play. The best part is going to be wind charger versus wind charger offs. It'll be like a monkey knife fight. I have no idea what's happening. Like in that mirror match, I wouldn't even stream it. There were like two Lumineth armies playing. There's some there's some wind charge on each army. I'd be like, <laughs> no, different game. I don't want to play this. Uh, but like you could do some really fun stuff. They're very cheap. Uh, if you wanted to, you could take out a big block of 15. Like I said, that would be 390 points. Yeah, you'd end up with like, uh, you'd end up with 30 wounds on a five up save. Don't forget if in Sire, you could also stack an Aether Quartz on it. And so you can make it have a two up. Uh, sorry, you can make it have a three up because you could double stack one for a turn. You could have Teclis nearby. And he, if you wanted to, give him a five up DPR. So you'd end up for 390 points, 30 wounds uh, that moves 14 inches. That's got a five up DPR. And for one turn is on a three up armor save or a four up armor save, whatever you like. It's pretty cool, man. Like, yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, not if you're not collecting them, but, like, yeah. if you're into them. <laughs> I mean, opponent, not so much. When you're buying three Slangle for 140 points, and then you look at those guys, you're like, yeah, I've got a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think, uh, and there's also some really good double-ups as well. So a good example would be if you took a unit of wind charges and you use those intentionally to block or move block a unit, and then you had a unit of five or ten Dawn Riders that were going to go smash a unit. They've got a very fast option now, like to do some really fun stuff. Obviously, anyway, we've talked about them enough. They're, they're really good. They're really, really good. Um, I expect probably people buy maybe like a box. I don't know. Probably. But maybe they won't be. Uh, there's also a battalion. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we need to talk about the Wind Mage. 
first. Oh. Yeah. Goku. Goku. So he moves 16 inches. He's got five wounds, five up saves. So he's very fragile unless he's in Sire. I'm going to keep saying, by the way, unless he's in Sire. And then for one phase, if you try and get him, plus two to a save. Never forget that. Not one time. Uh, that's why the maths is good, James. Uh, because <laughs> Don't tell people. <laughs> right, yeah. Maths isn't part of the game. Uh, yeah, I won't, I won't tell you. Uh, so he's got plus one save rolls for attacks made by missile weapons that target this model in addition. Um, uh, if, sorry, to target this model. Full stop. In addition. Uh, but James, <laughs> just wanted to catch you up on that a moment. Add one to the save rolls if you target with a missile weapon. So then if we do our sire trick, where are we at? I think we're at a one-up, but I don't do maths. It's two-up, but it's, that'll do. That's fine. You could be in oh, cover as well no, if you wanted to. Damn it. Really fuck it up. Um, in uh, addition... It's definitely a two-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Guy Zaidi says, in order to have a 5 DPR, you really need to push Techless to the front. His bubble was wholly within 18. Um, but I would say that like the problem, the reason that we didn't see Techless push up super aggressively for, uh, before, because he was normally behind some slow-ass wardens, that you can make one unit fast, but not both units fast. But now you could just push Ruse up and just have him in front of the Ruse if you wanted. Just saying, you could. But you don't have to do any of that. You can just fucking do what you like. Um, so, in addition, if the unmodified save roll for an attack with a missile weapon that targets this model is a six, after all the attacking unit's attacks have been resolved, you can inflict one mortal wound on one enemy unit within nine inches of this model that is visible to it. So, if you had someone that did a load of shooting, for instance, Skinks, or Skinkaroos, uh, you could throw him in front of him and then all of those shots and any sixes back would cause a mortal wound. Which is kind of like a fun idea, but he'd die. So it's probably a bad idea, but it's like a nice little in addition. Wind Leap. If a friendly wind charges unit starts a move wholly within six inches of this model, when it makes that move, the unit has a move characteristic of 16 inches and can fly. So that's where they get 16 inches and fly from. And then he's a wizard that can cast a spell on them. By the spell, he's got a spell called Windplast Vortex, which he casts on a five. If successfully cast in your next shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit within nine inches of the caster and roll a dice on a two-up. This stuff a D3 mortal wound, so it's pretty rubbish, uh, ultimately. But he does give me access time to talk about the Hurricane spell lore in a moment. Uh, but f what are your first impressions of this guy? Um, <clears throat> I love that I'm going to... that he doesn't have a combat weapon. First and foremost, dig on that. Uh, he has a fan. And I love that no one's ever going to be able to pronounce that. Oh, the Asperagillium. Sorry, what was that again? The Asperagillium. Asperagillium. Yeah, yes. Asperagillium. Uh, yeah, or or it's, fan. It's not a weapon, it's a fan. Uh, and I like that he gently, like, 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 wafts you to death with it. Mm. Any thoughts, James? Uh, uh, he's cool, right? He's just like a random buff piece uh, who's super squishy. But I, d I just think it's such a cool model. I'll be happy to see loads. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Nathan, any thoughts before we look at the spoiler? Yeah, he seems all right. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just a, uh, a wizard on a cloud with a fan that's uh, pretty effective as a weapon, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. It's pretty good. I think he's going to sit. <laughs> he's going to sit in a really good point place because he's not a big enough threat to invest what you would need to kill him. But he's going to be a relatively useful buff piece. Uh, is that's my read of what this model is going to be? 
I could be wrong depending on the spell law. But again, I intentionally came into this uh, episode as nude as a newborn babe. So my responses could be both furious and entertained and now drunken in equal well, let, parts. Let me tell so you about talk- spell law because I don't yeah. know if you guys know his spell law yet. So you get a new spell law uh, on top of the two already existing spell laws that you have. Let's talk about the spell laws really quickly. Speedy Heesh, double the movement of something. Pretty good. Yeah, Total Eclipse, make command points cost twice as much. Also very, very good. Five up DPR. Um, fuck. Uh, Lambent Light, which means you can reroll all to hits against a unit. Pretty good if you wanted to cast that and you had some ruse to shoot at them. 390 <laughs> points, by the way, uh, for, what is that, 30 shots on, a, on the ruse? 31 shots on the ruse. 390 points. You could double that up if you wanted to. Yeah, just go, just Billy Baller for like 780 points. Uh, and you would end up with 60 shots, threes and threes. Threes re-rolling. Threes, nice. re-rolling ones. Right. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's Lambent Light. Um, so those are some of the spells that you've got available. There's also some in your Metrica, but no one cares. Uh, now, the Wind Law, pretty fun. Casting value of five, units in 12 inches can't run. So that's pretty good if you mm. want to like slow down their movement. Uh, casting value of seven, uh, enemy unit in 12 inches, they can't use or benefit from command abilities. What? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, with, within, not wholly within either. Uh, no, just within. It says within, not wholly yeah. within. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Whew. That's pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Casting value of seven. Wholly within 12 inches, one friendly unit can get plus one to hit uh, to shooting or plus six inches to the range of the shooting. <laughs> nice. That's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So that's just friendly unit, is it? Yeah, one friendly unit, yeah. <laughs> I'll just add that to my enemy units. Here, <laughs> have some extra range. <laughs> well, I thought it might just be like hurricane units, but uh, uh, okay. I guess. I guess You're talking about yeah. sentinels? <laughs> well, just, I mean, yeah, sentinels, or if they want to import anything that they can import yeah go for it whatever yeah that's fine okay uh next up uh casting value of six holy within 18 heal d3 uh heal a friendly unit d3 and then no battle shock until the next hero phase uh as well so really useful the no battle shock one super nice if you're low on cp which you won't be mm-hmm. haven't talked about the terrain piece yet come back to that in a moment um and uh uh yeah so heal d3 which is nice because that's a double d3 so if you wanted to heal severith for some reason you could double d3 your heal which is pretty good uh don't forget this is only going to be hurricane wizards or techless techless will know all of these so techless has got a, a, a heal d3 for himself now which is quite nice um casting value of six 12 inch range roll uh it's just it's mortal wounds basically so we could talk we ignore that like because they've got tornado and other stuff so it doesn't matter uh, and then finally casting value of eight it is an eight, a unit wholly within twelve inches. You can do a teleport, so classic teleport outside of nine inches, etc., etc. But I mean, thank God in that last one there. I know it's a teleport, and teleports are brutal. But thank God it's a casting value of eight in an army that doesn't have that many ways to get pluses to cast. Like they, they're obviously always just going to have to roll an eight to get it off because um, they don't have that many plus ones or auto casts or plus a bajillions See, to the their spells. Can mm. I talk about the teleport for a moment? Because the teleport, like, is 
you they don't need a teleport to project power because they've got sentinels right they could either like threaten a character in some way and now they've obviously got the wind spirits as well if they wanted another way to potentially threaten and the wind charges if they want to threaten and the dawn riders so they've got like options to threaten quite early without a teleport unlike so if you look at something like gits or Urux, um although Urux have obviously got the big war crusher but Urux are a good example or seraphon like if you take away like the teleport their ability to jet pro- project power is significantly reduced. Like quite often, actually, with the Seraport, uh, sorry, the Seraphon, they can really only teleport the singular unit, uh, and then it's kind of out there on its own. And like it doesn't, like the whole thing doesn't cohesively move fast as a big brick. Uh, Nathan, like you played with Oryx a lot. Like the great uh, doing your big teleport is useful because you've got loads of pluses to charge. Yeah. Which is really, yeah. Do you want to talk to me about that? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, the teleport in a combat army is less less useful because obviously you've got the nine inch charge it's great with the oryx because they get the pluses to charge so they're getting you got a great chance of getting in there mm-hmm. um and normally you can get another unit up using mighty destroyers or something so you're not quite isolated but uh, obviously the strength of this is that you can teleport your army is probably fast enough to and has the reach to be able to do what it needs to do. So you're more likely to be teleporting buff pieces or things that do auras and things like that. So you could teleport uh, like Teclas that does his bubble of Fire death. Up. Yeah, yeah. Teleport him where he needs to be. Or you can teleport uh, another wizard up and get him to cast the... You can't do use any command abilities spell no. and stuff like that. Now you're yeah. getting it. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Techless to, to throw forward a wind mage and say no command abilities for you. Big yeah. play. Yeah. Or can't run. Um, or, or also... Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or throwing a ender spell into somebody's army or that sort of stuff. Yeah. Also another, uh, another big shout. I just want to quickly uh, just talk very quickly about uh, a scenario here. Um, and the Darkness of the Soul is a spell cast by Sonari Kalitha. Um, it's cast at a value of 7. If successfully cast, pick an enemy with an 18. Uh, and until the next hero phase, roll 2d6 each time that unit makes a normal move, makes a charge move, or fights. Uh, make the roll before the action is carried out. If the roll is greater than the unit's bravery characteristics, the unit cannot perform the action in that phase. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. Seems fair. Um... Uh... I, yep, that's about right. Yeah, that's cool. a good one. That's a good combo. I like that combo. Just take this up, the Calitha, and be like, "No, fuck your unit forever." Also, here's some ruse. Also, there's thirty <laughs> wardens coming right behind me. Um, so spell law really good. Uh, there's a teleport, which I don't think is actually that important in the army, but it's nice, and you could potentially do some plays with it. I personally don't think it's that good. Uh, but it's that it was one thing they were lacking, so now they've got it. I mean, some significant ones that we just glossed over is plus one to hit in shooting, and also or extend the range by six inches. So if for some reason you were able to hide away, because normally you don't see sentinels frontlined. So mm. a unit of sentinels, however big it is, thirty-six inch range, move six, shoot thirty, isn't frontlined. It's normally behind some wardens. It's normally maybe screened in the back of the board as well because you're light on bodies with Lumineth. So you're screening the back of the board a bit. So they lose a significant portion of that range to hit. If you backline your characters, you've got a little bit of play, a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, plus six inches to that range causes that to drastically dip. 
um, uh, which is a bit of an issue, I would say. So I think that's quite a good one. Uh, obviously, uh, you can't use casting. Uh, sorry, you can't use command abilities. It's pretty. That's great. Yeah, that's a mm. proper, proper scary one. That one. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, so yeah, yeah. So that's so that's the wind mage and what the wind mage does. Uh, and I know that we were going to talk. So that's pretty much all of the hurricane units, which means I just want to quickly talk about the terrain piece, which obviously is important as well. So the terrain piece can only—it's obviously zero points. It can only, only be garrisoned, and it's a garrison. So minus one to hit, plus one save if you're in a garrison. Can only be garrisoned by a lumineth um, uh, hero cannot be mm -hmm. garrisoned uh, by anyone else. Uh, so even if somehow I killed the unit inside it, I can't run over and get inside it. So uh, that's pretty tough. So that, that creates an aura of three inches around the model, which means, obviously, like you would, you'd ha if you get within three, you're in combat of it. Uh, now, if you, it is in your army, uh, once per turn, so if it has got someone to say it, once per turn, you can reroll um, one casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll for a friendly Lumineth Realm Lord's hero that's within 12 inches of the feature, which obviously it's within range of itself. And then from the second battle round, in your hero phase, if this terrain feature is a, has a Shrine Guardian, so if it's garrisoned, you can say that they will channel the Shrine's power. If you do so, you add 12 inches to the range of this ability. So that's 24 inches from the second turn that you can um, uh, re-roll one casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll. 24 inches. Uh, uh, is that per turn or battle round? Uh, from the second battle round in your hero phase. Uh, so once uh, per turn... So only once per turn. Uh, no, it's once per turn you can re-roll one casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll. Uh, a battle round would be written as a battle round. So I can do re-roll one casting and re-roll one dispelling. Is it only in your hero phase, though? Did no, no, say? there's two abilities. Sorry, I should have said oh, in addition, yeah. so we oh. know where we're at. Once per turn. Yep, that's it. You've got to hit those in additions. Yeah, yeah, it's those in addition. So once per turn, you can reroll one casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll for a friendly Lumineth Realm Lords hero. Now, that, to me, once per turn, in my turn and your turn, it doesn't say battle round. So I think that that yeah. works. And then yeah. from the second battle round, that that range extends to 24 inches. So uh, that's pretty good. And then uh, it also deploys in your territory. Thank you very much, IDN. I appreciate you. Then Shrine Guardian. Uh, if you have a Shrine Guardian, yeah, once yeah. per turn, yeah, and again, once per turn is not once per battle round. Once per turn, you can use a command ability with this terrain feature Shrine Guardian without a command point being spent. Hmm. Quite, it's quite nice. Yeah. yeah, 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 very nice indeed. So it's a free command point every. every well, it's two free command points so every be, every round. That would be a total of. Ah, oh, too many. <laughs> I don't. James, I, I know you're not ten. here for the maths. Yeah, ten. ten. It's ten. That would be a, that would be a hot ten. Uh, for those who can't uh, count with all of their fingers, maybe you're missing one. Maybe you had uh, some kind of uh, circular saw-related accident, so you can only count to nine. Well, you get ten. Ten. Ten, ten, ten. So, uh, there we go. So, pretty good. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, James? You, have you ordered one? You collecting it? Excited? I, I have ordered nothing. Oh, really? Ordered nothing. I'm buying Curse City. 
I'm painting my big giant bird that I sent you a picture of the other day. After, uh, like, the initial craziness and uh, when the delivery is a bit better, I'll probably pick up the book and then go from there. When kangaroos uh, come back in stock, you mean? Uh, yeah. I honestly haven't even looked. Like, I'll buy a book in a couple of weeks and I'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stevie wouldn't a big love. Uh, so, yeah, 500 points effectively free in this army, uh, as he's been pointed out in the chat. And JP Moik makes a good point. Um, you can have Elithia and you can have up to 20 command point effects for free. Uh, so, uh, over the course of a game. So, that's quite nice. Uh, what the hell's an Elithia then? Oh, that's one, that's a sub faction. Sub faction. Yeah, thankfully, at the moment, uh, well, well, I, I, who knows? got myself in a bit of a lyrical bind there so i'll start again thankfully though uh obviously commandability is a fairly limited range ish obviously if you're doing it from a hero generic commandabilities are only six inch range if it's your general they're only a 12 inch range uh so that's that's a, a positive i guess that it's harder to use those nath got any thoughts there well i mean obviously you got a bigger footprint because you're in a sodding shrine uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> but if you kind of just buff your little sentinels, even that are stood right next to you, give them the reroll ones or anything. Yeah. It's just it's for free. It's for free. It's for free. <laughs> and a good example would be the sentinels with plus one to hit with reroll ones for free. Yeah. Uh, is a nice is a nice combo. Uh, so that yeah. works. Right, let's cheer everyone up, shall we? Like, because everyone's probably feeling a bit like, fuck, this feels like it's what do you mean? strong. Like, Lumineth is... players are stoked. <laughs> yeah, he's stoked. <laughs> I'm, I'm finishing up my uh, one of my test model for a, a unit of the Swordy Boys right now. Yeah. It's, well, that, what, the Blade Lords? Yeah. Perfect. We're about to talk about that. That's how we're cheering someone up by talking about the most rubbish unit. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. I'm sorry, that's not my fault. Uh, James, yep. the Venari Blade Lords, you excited about the Swordmasters or no? Uh, they looked pretty, and I kind of like the fact that even Games Workshop took the piss out of itself by keep calling them uh, Blade Masters, which Sword I thought Masters. was quite fun. Swordmasters, that was the lads. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit weird they all have a banner, but other than that, fine. Okay. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, so the Venari Blade Lords. Um, now, there's, there's some issues here. Do you remember the, you know, Sun Metal weapons that you get on um, the Dawn Riders, and you also obviously get them on the Sentinels and the Wardens? Uh, if you cast, they do yep. mortal wounds on sixes to hit. If you cast them on a five up, uh, well, if you cast a spell and it does it on a five up, then so, then you can have them do mortal wounds on five ups. I explained that terribly. I'm sorry. Uh, the Venari Blade Lords, uh, quite excitingly. Uh, they've got sun metal weapons, uh, but for some reason don't have that. So nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice. That's a nice bit. Now, let's talk about the uh, the the thing. So they move six inches, so they're not that fast. They they've got two wounds, but they do have a four up save, um, and they have got sun metal great blades, and they can have two attack profiles. The one attack that auto hits wounds on a two and is rend two damage one. Or a flurry of blows, which are threes and threes, no rend, um, and then damage one. And the flurry of blows ability is um, uh, all of the models in the unit are armed with some metal grip. A perfect strike always hits, whatever. A flurry of blows has an attack characteristic equal to the number of enemy models within two inches of the attacking model. 
So if you were to throw these into a horde, they would have a lot of attacks, but no rent. Like a lot of attacks, and it would be threes and threes. Uh, each time it's this uh, unit is affected by a spell or an endless spell, you can roll a dice. And if you do so on a four-up, you ignore its effects, which is nice. Uh, and then also you can tank wounds for Sonari models, specifically Akalatha, because one of the really good things that you could do versus um, uh, like the Lumineth would be to try and snipe out the Kalatha because uh, the Sonari Kalatha is incredible because if you guys don't know she has an ability on a war scroll called emotional transference so if I kill a bunch of wardens she can just emotionally transfer that battle shock to your unit um, and therefore you take a battle shock so very game breaking uh, very tough very tough to play against so a nice way is to kill her so now you can just protect her with some blade lords uh, and that's the unit that's it uh, have you guys got any vibes or feelings on this? This dude, I'm doing, Dan's. A, this dude I'm doing a test model for is now uh, is now going to be one of the Stone Guard. I decided uh, decided it's a Stone Guard, not a Blade Lord. It's a Stone Guard, not a Blade Lord. Uh, uh, that's they're really pretty. And what I'll say is that again, the word count assignment strikes with a lot of rules. <laughs> that's a, a lot, lot of words. rules. And a lot yeah. of text, but where the um, cosplay fox, the crack fox, had a lot of different words and a lot of different rules to make him badass, these guys have a lot of different words and a lot of different rules that make me go, they showed up in pretty armor and then spoke a lot about themselves. And everyone was like, you're not that good, are you? And they're like, what are you talking about? I have this banner. I have two different melee profiles. And someone was like, yeah, but are you actually good at your job? They're like, what are you talking about? Look at my armor. Look at how big my war scroll is. Mm? <laughs> and then they were like, you're, you're not good at this, are you? And they're like, uh, no, no, we're not. So uh, yeah, my, these, this bloke here, he is now a stone warden. Good on him. Uh, okay. Was... <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> you got any thoughts on this, Nate? I mean, they're just like the temple god things in Seraphon, aren't they? If you want to protect your Skinari guy uh, or girl. Uh, I don't know if they're that useful. How many points are these guys? Uh, I'm just double-checking my memory right now, if you give me a moment. Um... <laughs> you know what the best thing is? Good memory. Is that human great swords are better than venari blade lords so but, the great is better than the lord uh, yeah. uh, good old champ worse than the normal guy they do have a champion yeah he does have some metal jewel blades which are three attacks two threes rend one one damage i think everyone would like them to have just the dual blades uh, i don't know what their points are but it doesn't matter they're like 150 or something but they're rubbish they're not rubbish but they're like like it's a book it's a book full of value and you ask yourself are these 10 wardens and they're not so 10 wardens mm. is 10 wounds spread over 10 models this is 10 wounds spread over five models which is why the alarith they're not as good in combat um as the wardens so like... it's just whether whether you keep finding your so what are the Skinari heroes that they, that, is it just the Kalathar? Or no, is... the Kalathar, there's an, we haven't got to those yet. I know, like, okay. I, I know I'm doing it in kind of like roundabout way, but I think I'm trying to like traverse the story of the book. Um, yeah. in di like, uh, so yeah, the, there isn't really any way to particularly buff these up. You can make them faster. Uh, if you want to do, you could give them uh, like. Well, well, they're just protector, aren't they? For So if you're Skinari hero, they protect, protect only Skinari heroes don't they 
So, uh, would would they like if you were doing a spell on a Skinari hero and then they took the they took it on a four up? Would they still get a four up against that, or was it not? Oh, what a spell! So, if yeah. Roller dies for you, allocate a wound or a mortal wound to a friendly Scenario model. So, no, because that's not how it would work. Because you uh. would like, so you like the spell ignore is different, right? You wouldn't like take the wound and then spell ignore it because it's come from the source mm. of a spell. You do the spell, you do, take the wound and then you pass it on and then take the and then do you're the allocating the damage, not the actual the the, the role. I think the the where they fit in this book for me is that you have a book of really awesome, really tough decisions in how you build your list. And here we have a wonderful unit that you can just outright ignore. And yeah, that's it's a good lovely. unit. That you're it's like, a good thank unit. God, there's one less, like you're a mama bird. You've landed on your nest. You've got some lunch, some worms to regurgitate into the mouths of your young. And you've got your strong little chickens on one side. And then you've got this runt over the other being like, yeah, I'm not that hungry. And you're like, thank God, because I need to decide who gets my vomit lunch on the other. Uh, that's what these are. They're the ones that aren't aren't hungry for your attention. Well, yeah, at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a book full of value, like uh, Dan was saying. And also, uh, a lot of people talking in the chat about, obviously, the ability to use, uh, when we get to him in a minute, the Regent's War Scroll ability uh, or his command ability. Now, it's not clear, uh, needs an FAQ, whether or not, uh, his command ability is useful because it affects some weapons, but it doesn't affect doesn't affect these. I don't think, but um, uh, needs an FAQ. So we'll wait four weeks and we'll find out because they don't have the sun metal ability. They just have sun metal weapons, and it's the sun metal ability that I think it affects. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I well no, I don't think it needs an FAQ either. I think it's quite clear that it doesn't affect these, but just for the just for the folks at the back. Yeah, who <laughs> are like, who just want that? Because it's going to be a frequently asked question, and the answer is no, but frequently asked, uh, I think, all the time. Um, so uh, I agree with all of you. We're all on the same page. I, I'm pretty certain. I just want to make sure. Uh, and you can also set them a signing company, but who cares? Because uh, also the teleport's quite nice because you can sh- set up a unit in Shining Company with the teleport, Nath. So you can take 30 wardens, teleport them it's a setup so you can set them up they haven't counted as moves so they're minus one to hit which is nice um oh. and then if they're in sire they'll have a two up armor save which is really nice if techless is behind them they'll be minus one to hit two up armor save five up dpr um pretty good they're basically not too dissimilar in my opinion uh to uh to grots pretty much right pretty spot on yeah same same armor save <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh right <laughs> let's Rob, talk can about... i just check whatever we're about to talk about next do i need to add more alcohol to my cup or more mixer like is this going to make me angry at elves happy at elves what are we thinking do i need to be drunker or like slightly more sober well do you want to look at all the characters which are a bit meh inside of this book or would you like me to talk about the battalion which is chef's kiss we, sh- we should probably tick off the characters before we go to the battalions i feel Boo, 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 because the, the battalion's fucking great. Right, so the Sonari <laughs> Calligrave. Do you guys have access to the War Scroll to read the Calligrave? Because I've got a bit of a overhydration issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. Okay, you read it out, Dan. Let me know when I get back. Let me know what you thought of it. 
Oh no, I dig on this guy. Okay, so this is the dude on the little booties because he doesn't want to touch the the ground. Yep. Um, you know, like, and he's, he's oh has, that guy. Yeah, yeah the, the pen is mightier the, than the sword. He's got a paintbrush and somehow a magical piece of paper that is just floating for him. So, flavor text. Here we go. A calligrave is an ancient specialist who changes reality with the strokes of a brush. Those runes he paints upon his enchanted parchments emblazon the battlefield a moment later. His spells writ large to burn the foe or even erase them from existence. Uh, so he, uh, he attacks you with a blade, which sucks. He absolutely should, like, paint a little mustache on people with his little thingy, and then they're, like, so embarrassed they murder themselves. Anyway, uh, a three-inch range with his sword. Good stuff. D3 attacks, because he's never really certain about how, like, far he... Like, you know, sometimes you've got a really long weapon, and some days you've got a lot of energy so you can swing it, and other days you're like, ah, oh, it's just it's just going to be too much. I know I'm an immortal elf, but I haven't trained enough with this. So he makes D3 attacks because he's never certain. Threes to hit, threes to wound, rend one, but damage D3, um, which was pretty righteous. Uh, so uh, he's, he's a five-up save, five wound, six-inch move, and seven bravery. Uh, Rob, I was just pointing out the fact that a, a Sonari hero obviously doesn't have enough training in his immortal life to have a consistent number of attacks with his sword. He just, sometimes he's really angry and sometimes he's not. It's because um, he's we... a thinker, Dan. Yeah, yeah. He's a thinker, <laughs> which lets me bring the up problem. the Sonari trait, which we haven't talked about. He doesn't, he doesn't use his best weapon, does he? Because his best weapon, the pen is mightier than the sword. He's keeping the pen for his watercolour portraits. He's like, someone's like, hey, mate, would you mind using this, the pen? I hear it's mightier. And he's like, no, I'm doing a still life of a fruit bowl. I really, uh, I really so wish he... I'd have passed this one on to Nathan and it had been done by the time I got back, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, but no, I was, I was, I was filling time so that you could here. go over the abilities for us again. Because oh, okay. obviously it's, uh, it's the, the, the person with who needed to fill out their assignment word count. A lot of abilities, uh, but what's nice about it is you could just fucking throw this fella in the bin and write him off because <laughs> he's a scribbler. <laughs> I got uh, it, yeah. Uh, but it lets me bring up scenario ability. So scenarios uh, little have a little cool trait uh, where they can elect not to cast a spell in a hero phase, and in the next hero phase, they automatically cast a spell on a casting value of a nine. Yeah. Um, so like, but apart from that, we can just fucking move on because no one cares, which is nice. Did we read the abilities? Because we don't have to. No. No. What spells does he cast? So he's got one called Erasure, cast on a seven, pick a enemy hero within 24 inches. You can either inflict D3 mortal wounds on that hero or mark them for Erasure. However, if that hero is already marked for Erasure, then instead they suffer D6 mortal wounds and they're no longer marked for Erasure. So cast on a seven, 24 inches for some inexplicable reason an incredibly long range spell uh d3 mortal wounds and then next turn an additional d6 mortal wounds if you cast it on them again mm. which is very yeah. nice but it's uh. but it's two spells to still possibly do one mortal wound cast on a seven i would actually dig on this cast on a seven if it was like the first turn you cast it and they're marked the second turn you cast it and they take three or six mortal wounds you know rather than because you need to cast this twice to get D6 mortal wounds. Yeah, or you just cast 2D3 mortal wounds. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You'd be stupid so. to do it that way. It's dumb. Um, 
And yeah, and his his little ability, like the realm scribe ability, it's a good one, but it's once per battle. So yeah. bugger it. It's you're never gonna take him. Yeah. So you already like it's like is he a Calathar? No. So just. But what about his shoes? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually happy he's not good because I never have to see him on the tabletop. So like, it's fine. Right, the Venari Banner Blade, six wounds with a three up armor save. He's the BSB. Yeah, he's mm. a babe. Four attacks, twos, threes, rend one, one damage. So like, mm. he's he's not too bad to fight. Uh, he's got his ability is the World Banner. Add one to the bravery characteristic of friendly Luminoth Realm Lords that are holding within eighteen inches of any friendly Banner Blades. Add three to instead if the banner blade is within three inches uh, of enemy units. So if he's in combat for some reason. However, in addition, once per battle. <laughs> in addition, once per battle, uh, we need an in addition emote. Uh, once per battle, the start of any phase, you can say. Uh, <laughs> can we all take a moment, please? Sorry, in the chat, I've just been told off and I want to make sure I got this right. Uh, Pete has told me to not diss the erasure spell. I've got to have a little respect. <laughs> great song great song well done Arisha. right in addition once per battle at the start of any phase you can say that this model will draw on the power of the world banner if you do so roll a dice for each unit within 18 inches of this model if the roll is equal to or less than the number of the current battle round d3 uh, that unit takes d3 mortal wounds and is minus one to hit so equal to or lower than the mm. battle round so turn one, you're going to have to roll a one. Turn two, a two. Turn three, a three. Other than that, he just adds uh, bravery. And then uh, he's got some metal weapons. If the unmodified hit roll for uh, this banner blade is a six, it inflicts a mortal wound. Um, so yeah. Can I, can I super, again, it's a tangent, but it's a tangent back to last week. I'll be super quick. I was very angry that the Sonari Caligrave and the Venari Banner Blade are support heroes that had in their text on the Warhammer community site, they're no slouch in combat, or he's pretty handy in a fight, you'll have to think twice before attacking him in combat. And then look at these dickheads, one of them, four attacks, yeah, twos and threes, rend one, damage one, and the other one, D3 attacks. So he could end up with one attack that does one damage. Piss right off. Okay. Stay behind the lines and think about what you've done. Okay, that's fair. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Nathan, you got any thoughts on the banner? I think we can move on quickly from this. Like, it's fine yeah. or whatever. But... Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you got your better places to spend your points. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Right, next up, the Sonari Law Seeker. So he's got six wounds. Uh, six wounds with a four-up save and move six. Etcoin wants me to say justice for squigs, and I will. Uh, and he's bravery eight, but he's got six wounds of the four up save basically. He's got the Eclipsian staff, which is uh, his missile weapon, which is twelve inch range, uh, twos three two attacks, sorry threes and threes, rend two d three damage. So quite a potent like little staffy points. And then his mm. law seeker blade in close combat again really good. Is four attacks, hits on twos, wounds on threes, rend one d three damage. So Ooh. no, yeah, exactly. Now he's so no stickler in a fight. Now, his law seeker ability is if an enemy model that bears an artifact of power is slain within three inches of this model, you receive a command point. So you can skip that. And then, lone agent, you can add one to save rolls for attacks that target this model if it is more than nine inches from any friendly models. And you're like, what the fuck? Is he gonna... He's six inches. How's he going to be anywhere else? Great question. In addition, instead <laughs> of setting up this model on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say it's set up as a lone agent reserve unit. 
if you do so at the start of the first battle round, before determining who has the first turn, you must set up this model on the battlefield anywhere that is more than three inches from the enemy. Not nine, three. And not in your territory. If you... We're not finished, because this is a wordy in addition. Oh. What's he doing? Right, so, so you can deploy in your opponent's territory, not in your territory, three inches away before the choice to go first goes. And as far as I understand, like it's not a fucking, it's not like a mystery. It's not like we're both playing. And I'm like, I wonder who gets the choice. It's like we know. Um, if you set up this model within six inches of an objective that has no enemy units within six inches of it, you gain control of that objective, and your opponent cannot gain control of it while this model is within six inches of it. <laughs> what? Yeah. That is so hilarious. The best thing is you could deploy it in your opponent's deployment zone beside a unit that's controlling an objective in their deployment zone. Uh-huh. And it's uh-huh. his. And he's like, it's mine now. And they're like, no, but it's in my deployment zone. He's like, don't care. Well, it's if mine. you haven't put any models on it, then you're an idiot. Like, that's yeah. that's key. No, but he takes that off of you. He takes it before no, your no. Model... If you set up this model within six inches of an objective that has no enemy units within six uh, inches of oh, it, oh, sorry, yeah. you gain control like of the, the objective. I like that the in addition is five times <laughs> as long as the actual rule. Uh... <laughs> It's also a missed opportunity just to call it dibs. Because I think that's what that rule should have been called, is dibs. Well, it's, it's like, two rules, up, really. It's really yeah, two exactly. rules. Yeah. He rocks up and he's like, <laughs> he's like, dibs. And they're like, what? He's like, I've dibs this one. And they're like, um, that's that's not how it works. We've got a mega gargant here. He's like, don't care. I have dibs. Um, yeah. Why is he the first I deploy off the board and then on the board model that doesn't, that's new? That doesn't then say if this model is not deployed by turn four, he's dead. He has to deploy straight yeah. away. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to deploy straight away. Yeah. So like, so the way it works is, like, we're doing our uh, deployment, okay. and then I go, "Cool, he's going to be set up as a lone agent." And you're like, "Nice." Um, it's a plus one save and that other thing. Yes, this doesn't sketch. So that means he has six wounds with a three up save if you do that in your opponents. Let's not forget about James because let's go back to it. If he's in sire. What save is he now going to have? Uh, at range or not at range? Not at range. Are just gonna? He's gonna have a two up. It's a one up this one, time. One turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, an exciting feature of the Law Seeker. He's also a freaking wizard, uh, and he can attempt to cast one spell in your hero phase and unbind a spell as well. And that's quite nice because uh, a little cheeky deep strike with a classic Geminids or Purple Sun through your opponent's whole army is always a laugh, no matter who's on that side of the chuckle, I think. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy is fucking nuts. <laughs> I, I dig that he doesn't have a signature spell as well. Kind of it fits his lore. Um, but also, as, as Leadfoot352 is pointing out, he could also set up in terrain for another plus one to his save. That's a good shout. Or into a garrison. Another great opportunity to have fun there. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of options. No, so, like, uh, I'm one dude holding a building. He's just like running between all the windows. Anytime someone rocks up, he's like, stab, stab, runs to the next window. He's like, bugger off. Yeah, he's, he's really good. So how many points do we think that the Sonari law secret is? It's so hard to point these bastards. They got so many rules. Mm. I think I have a little bit of like. Do we want to bring up my like suspicion now, or would you like me to bring up my suspicion towards the end? 
I bring, going bring it now, because otherwise you'll forget, you fucker. Tell oh, wow. us. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has checked out the wonderful Meta Breakers and Lispot done uh, by our man JP. Has anyone been aware of this? So this I've is a, a website and a, an algorithm that it generates points based on units. Problematically, because uh, it's based on an AI, it has a bit of a problem with learning uh, special abilities. Yeah? And what it has been doing very succinctly through maths as it's been showing these units are good value and these units aren't good value kind of based on their ability, not on their abilities. It struggles a lot with abilities, basically. Now, I'm not saying that they put this out because there's an AI program that shows how rubbish they are at pointing stuff. But I'm also not saying that they're not doing that. (laughs) What does the uh, AI think about those words in addition? Loves them. <laughs> does, does that just like pump it up an extra few Fucking points? Value straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, in addition. <laughs> right, so he's a wizard as well. So the Sonari Law Seeker, don't forget, of course, in the hero phase, he cannot cast a spell and then he can do something. There was a great point brought up in the chat for an FAQ. If you auto cast on a nine, can your opponent unbind? Actually, great point. I don't know. Uh, how many points would you rate this Law Seeker at, uh, gents? James, what, where are you at? Is a hundred points. Uh, okay. I don't know how, what you you're telling me, or yeah, that's my guess. He's a hundred points. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, I'm gonna say I love Desert Sketch in the chat saying he's negative 120, and your opponent has to pay for him. I nice. like that. Uh, but I'm going to say I think he should be a hundred and eighty. Uh, and basing that off of like a lot of 100 cheap, shitty, bad armor, 110 point wizards who only cast, given that he's got good armor, good in combat, good in shooting, magic, and a bunch of really awesome abilities, he mm. should be 180. I, yeah, I'm going to say 180 is what he should be. I think he's 160, which is he, bullshit. He is 160, I'm sorry to say. Oh. Um, but like, good value. Like, uh, like mm. a bit groty what you said in the chat. So he turns up, nicks your objective. He can't nick your objective, but he can take an objective. Snorts his Aether cast, uh, his Aether meth, casts a spell, and you can't kill him because he's got a one up save. It's pretty nice. It's, yeah, uh, it's great. How many, uh, what spell law can he use? Uh, so he is a Sonari, uh, and he's a law seeker. So I actually don't know what he can take. I, He's not a Venari. So no, Sonari's know. a good one. That's the same as the um, Cathola. It's got a yeah, couple so, of really good spells. So yeah, in that's there. the Venari spell. So that's the that's the CP spell. Um, that's Lambent oh, Light. Yeah. Lambent Light, by the way. Can we talk about Lambent Light? Reroll all to hits, but like it's short range. But you just you just teleport. You just drop him in. Um, so pretty like the best law basically. One hundred and sixty for that hero is awesome because he's a easily a two turn maybe even depending on artifacts a three turn speed bump and all you know like a lot of the the problem is is that he's going to bust a lot of battle plans a lot of the missions that you know where it's like you it becomes a kind of a a a, a fight like a, a um arm struggle <laughs> Why can't I think of the word? An arms race. <laughs> uh, no, where you're holding each other's hands and you're trying to pull your hand down. Why can't I think of that Chador. word? No. Liberator. <laughs> arm wrestle. Arm oh. wrestle. Jesus Christ, what happened to my brain? I smell toast. My left side's numb. Um, it, it, those missions that become like an arm wrestle where you're trying to just get 
like one turn on an objective above your opponent or to delay them scoring for a turn. Tactically, that's where he comes in. He disrupts scoring for one, maybe two turns, puts you ahead and your opponent can't catch up. He's going to fuck get, up a lot of battle plans. He could do. But I get, like the, again, you're going to be talking about this a lot. There's, I think you can build lists with the Law Seeker is the point of the list. Cheek, can we all talk about cheeky shackles in your opponent's deployment zone? Love that for me. Yeah, that's a great turn. Yeah, really happy with that. Uh, Go on, Nate. Is he unique? He is unique, sir. Is he? Okay. Do you want to let everyone know what that means, just in case they don't know? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, so it means you can only have one of him in your army. But yeah, imagine you could have two or three of this guy. <laughs> and, then, and then a load of kangaroos. If you like, like, just... What's the point? Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> this guy and the kangaroos are going to be, uh, yeah. Well, any any really good battle combo. plan with an objective in the middle that's like oh. half in each side, you just pop him on that turn one. Hey, well, a, so, a lot of the territories, a lot of the battle plans have got a no man's land. So I assume he can just deploy in there. So yeah. that's, uh, you've got your territory, their territory, and there's a band of no nobody's territory in the middle so yeah he and with objectives and so he can just go into those easy mm-hmm. yeah also, uh, also he's proper good fu- yeah proper good fun little addition obviously like um he stands on an objective and then some gargant comes over and he's like i'm gonna kill you and he's like cool i got a two up save and he's like oh no and the gargant doesn't kill him gargant won't outscore him so no that's an issue mm-hmm. um so yeah, uh, so that's the scenario law seeker. Uh, but I don't think he necessarily will make it into lists. I think the utility is really nice, but I think it's like a one trick that doesn't really get you anything. If you had like some like crazy bonus to cast, like if you could like give him like an auto cast or zinch dice, then you would just drop in and spawn on your opponent's army and he'd make it in every list. But I think that he doesn't have that, so I don't see that personally. But I'd like um, to see him deploy with a pendulum and just throw it through someone's entire setup. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah purple sun pendulum he'll have a great time mm-hmm. uh now uh the star shard ballistas uh are also important that shelf loathing also points out if you run him in sire you could use goading arrants to protect the gar- gargants and laugh uh which is again brilliant we'll talk about that in a moment um yeah it counts as one billion <laughs> <laughs> what do you count as 35 one billion Bodies. Uh, now, the Shah Shah Ballista is a five wound um, uh, artillery piece that is Bravery 6 and it's got a uh, five up save. It's Star Shard Bolts, which is really all it's here for, are 30 inch range. You've got two shots from them. Uh, threes and threes, Ren 2, D3 damage. Blinding shots. Once per battle, when you pick this unit to shoot, you can say it will fire its blinding shots. If you do so, units are hit by the attack made by this unit in that phase are dazzled until the end of the turn, and that's minus one to hit from that unit. A unit cannot be dazzled more than once per turn. So minus one to hit. Shining Company, minus two to hit. Geminids, minus three to hit. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, the fox guy piles in, minus... So if you wanted to, you could stack it at the moment. So you could shoot your ballista into a unit, bang a Geminids into them. Then you can take Severith, fly him in, be like, you're minus three to hit. Yeah? Sweet potatoes. I'm pretty safe. So what uh, we're saying is that Lumineth have somehow got magical light made nets. Mm. Uh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Just check. Yeah. But it's only the once per. That's... It's only once per battle. And the thing that's disappointing about that is that 
grots are obviously superior in their technology because they've figured out a way to mass produce nets, whereas these guys can only produce one once per battle for their artillery pieces. So they should really be trying to capture a grot alive and interrogate them for their development strategies. (laughs) We'll never be taken alive. (laughs) It's Uh, too easy to kill. (laughs) Uh, So at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit within 24 inches of a friendly Realm Lord hero and pick one friendly Starshard Blister within 24 inches of that hero. So he's like like a link piece. If you do so, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by that Starshard Blister until uh, the target them in the end of the phase. And also they've got the Warding Lanterns, which is roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to this unit. If it has not made a move in the same turn, um, uh, on a six, that wound and mortal wound is negated. And in addition... Mm. <laughs> thank God. I was, I was thinking that this War Scroll wouldn't have an in addition. It so does. thank God it did. Add mm. one to the attacks characteristic of this unit, Starshell Bolts, if it has not made a move in the same turn. So Amazing. just really quickly, so it's three attacks... Um, if it doesn't move with a six up DPR um, and then if it's near a unit that's near a hero now it's within 24 inches it's not at home it's not also wholly within by the way right so uh, it's wholly within which is um, three attacks so hitting on twos wound on threes ren two d3 damage so quite significant um, uh, there at 30 inch range 30 inch. Yeah. doesn't ignore line of sight mm. which is uh, useful I I, I kind of dig on the fact that uh, clearly the in addition thing is is just yeah, oh my gosh it's as it's as prevalent as uh, as syphilis in koalas right now uh, and like I'm 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 living for it I like that someone said people are complaining about too many special rules they need to know so just tack it onto the back of another one and they won't notice yeah yeah it's just like it's just that rule it's only this has only got three rules like you're the one who's reading four. <laughs> uh, how many points is this nathan let's how many points is a uh two shot or if it hasn't moved uh which you generally don't tend to move these uh three shot um threes to hit two to hit uh, d3 damage ballista so what it gets an extra shot if it hasn't moved that's extra shot the in addition moved. uh that's the in addition thing all right gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. if you keep reading you'll get there nathan <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I mean, also combos nicely with the lore master, obviously he'll, he'll use that hawk thing or whatever it is. Uh, hundred and forty points. Uh, I actually don't have on my little, on my little sheet. Uh, I, I, think it, I actually I, know these ones. Oh no, I do have it. He's a hundred points. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Same as a ballista thing, then, yeah. Yeah, or well, they're 110 now. Are they? Oh. Yeah. Okay, cheaper than that one. Sweet. Oh, they can, they can deep strike, though, I guess. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, but these can, <laughs> these can teleport. teleport. And they also don't need to, because they've got a 30-inch range. Uh, right. Hasn't the Stormcast one got a 30-inch range? For the shitty one-shot, yeah. For one-shot. But... Yeah, and yeah. it still only does. Yeah. Anyway, this is yeah. Whatever. Good. Great. Just so excited to see so many of these. Probably. I don't think you'll ever see them. I reckon the, you will. You have nailed it. Uh, apart from obviously, I think that that James, to quote your point or Daniel point from earlier, uh, obviously sentinels are much more fun to paint, um, uh, but also weirdly better. Uh, similarly, because for not many more points, you obviously get more bodies to hold objectives. You can screen more to hold out. You get mortal wounds at range 
which is really nice as well. Um, uh, but there is a battalion you can take these in uh, where you can then have it so that they shoot an additional shot as well on top. So it'll be four shots per one. So for 400 points, you could kick out 16 shots. Now, I'll have to double check that. But, uh, D3 damage is so swingy, though. It is, mm. but that's I think a lot you... of shots. It's a I lot think... of shots, but I just think, why would you... I reckon, I reckon you'll see people put one of these in a... Uh, and hear me out on this. I reckon you're going to see one of these put into most armies for that additional once per battle subtract one from hit rolls. Nah. I think that I think that for a hundred like in most armies, if you said to me a hundred points to get this for a turn, I'd be like, hell yeah, that's worth it. Um, oh, I might be wrong I, about the additional attack from the battalion. Mm. I thought it gave you an extra attack. Sorry. Um, but I also would throw out there that. The best rule here is that in addition that's been cut off by the War Scroll, which is that if you take an Aurelian Legion, they can just take the Warding Lanterns off it. They just rock up and bully them, and they're like, nah, suck it, artillery bitch. We're taking this and slap it on their shields. Because obviously, if you had the technology to ignore wounds and mortal wounds, you wouldn't put it on your ballisters that are sitting at the back of the combat line. You'd put it on your dudes in the front lines who keep getting stabbed in the throat. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, mm. so... No, uh, like, of course not. But, no, no. Yeah, so that's a ballista, but I don't think you'll see the ballista because it's not ten sentinels. So, like, I don't think you're going to see it. Basically, uh, blade lords we've talked about. They can get the bin. Um, uh, right. So uh, the Venari uh, Lord Regent. So there is a named character of this, but we're going to fuck him off because he's keyword locked. So we'll just ignore him straight out. So the Venari Lord Regent is move fourteen, six wounds with a three up armor save. Okay, so let's get this in your heads now. This is a character. Yeah, he's a hero, he's a wizard, and he's a Venari. So don't forget he can be in Sire. Three up save, James, plus two to save from, uh, if we use the Aether Quartz. What save have we got up now, James? He's on a one. We fucking smashed it, mate. We fucking love you. Uh, right, no, no, so, he uh, was in cover. He, he was in cover, so it's a minor, he's at a, a minus one. It's really good. Um, so, uh... <laughs> you can't so, make zeros on a six-sided dice, Dan. That's not even fucking maths. Oh, thanks, Pete. But I if they the have ran two, he's still got a two up, you dingus. You know, you can't change a one up. We all know that. It got FAQ for Bastilladons. Yeah, right, anyway. If it's affecting the dice roll. Yeah, you can. You can. Right, so if you if you have ren two, you can make it so it's still no ren. One draw was a fail. Like, classic. Right, anyway. So he's got Purist Aether Quartz, which is an ability. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target this model any fucking phase uh, and obviously he's going to get lookout sir so that's minus two uh, add one to the casting roll when it attempts to cast greater power of heesh which is his spell if this model is part of a luminous realm world's army and uses its last eighth quartz reserve this ability cannot be used by that model for the rest of the battle so it says this ability so i thinking uh that that's the minus one but it's kind of a little bit confusing so if he uses all his eighth quartz then whatever, but he's minus one, obviously. Uh, so there we go. Uh, minus one to hit in shooting and in combat. So he's minus two to be shot. So he's a pretty safe character. Sun metal weapons. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with the regent sword is six, it inflicts a mortal wound. He is a wizard, and he has got the greater power of heat, which is cast on a seven. If successfully cast, pick up to D3 friendly realm, Lumineth Realm Lords units with the Sun Metal Weapons ability. So the ability, not the weapon name. Uh, so that's why it doesn't affect the, the Bin Lords. Um, and until your next hero phase, the Sun Metal Weapons ability of those units causes mortal wounds to be inflicted on a 5 instead of a 6. This has got a really, really nice 
um, like dual uh, kind of effect in that if I try to power up my Sun Metal weapons with, let's say, my unit of Wardens and I fail, I could then try and cast this and then still apply it onto that unit, if that makes sense. Am I making sense? Does everyone yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, sweet. Uh, also, nuts. also he's a non-named character, so you can take a Warlord trait, command trait, sorry, and obviously you can take an artifact as well. Uh, in combat, he's got five attacks with his sword. The hits on a two, pretty good. Wounds on a three, only rend one, and only damage one. And then his, uh, his mount has got three attacks, threes and fours, no rend and one damage. So, like, it's not the best... Like no, I mean, output. that sword's not quite as much damage as that fan. That fan had <laughs> Yeah. Look, Jesus. people fight better with fans than they do with swords. We all know it. We've all played all the computer games. The yeah. fan is mightier than the sword. It's much more destructive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but like he's obviously got... Uh, he's a wizard that can cast only one spell. Uh, six wounds with a three-up save. Uh, don't forget, um, and is movement 14 with six wounds. So how many points do you think that this fella is? Move, uh, six wounds, three up save, move 14, is a wizard, uh, is minus one to hit natively. Uh, what do you guys think? I honestly think he's only worth like 160, but I reckon he will have been overpointed at 200. Okay, all right. Uh, Nathan? Uh, I was going to guess 180, and I think he's worth all of that if not more okay so you think 180 yeah. is value james yeah uh, i i was with nathan i was going to go for 180 but he's beat me to it so i'm gonna go 170 177.3 so yeah so planchette <laughs> by the way i agree with planchette the coolest model i think maybe out of all of them he's 150 oh, hmm. he's a bargain he, he, yeah. he, he is a bargain <laughs> he, uh, him and some archers gross every day of the week all day long james you're smashing it uh speckles like he points out it's got to be 200 looking at the liege cavalos uh yeah of course there's a bunch of on uh mount characters chaos lord on carcadrak is another good example he has only got six wounds though that's an important point to note i would say um but he's got a pretty good armor saving 150 uh, like the problem is is if anyone out there is comparing them to not seraphon and daughters of kate because i'm not like that's all i'm comparing mm. them to if you compare it to anything else, you're in a you're in a different world to me. What the foot? Yeah. Fifty points less than the lead. Yeah. I guess if you compare it to that wizard, the daughters of Cain wizard on a cauldron. Yeah. Similar points, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. One sixty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, right, so uh, have we done everything? Oh, we've got one left to go, and then we're going to quickly talk about battalion, and then we're done for the it's day. It's a good. I mean, the the main reason you'll see him is people using that spell to save having to cast spells. Like, if you can get his spell off and put it on two of your, like, your Wardens and your Sentinels, or your two units of Sentinels, then they can cast buff spells on themselves instead. And you're just getting more bang for your buck, which I think he is worth for that kind of I don't think, I, point. I think, it, like, for his War Scroll itself, but as the army as a whole thing, I don't really think you'll see him see much play. Yeah, I don't think true. he really bring. I don't think he really brings much, and he definitely like he just doesn't do much basically. So that's not why I don't think. Anyway, the final one: Alania and Elathor, the Eclipsian War Sages. They're eight wounds apiece, or uh, well, eight wounds between them, and they've got a three up armor save. They move six inches. Now they've got some special rules. Uh, they've got a lot of special rules. So this is, this, uh, now they're keyword locked into Yometrica again. 
Uh, now, don't forget, you can obviously take them in other, oh. but you can't. What's up? The fact that you scrolled down and it kept going. Oh, <laughs> how many fucking <laughs> rules there are. Okay, all right. I'll try to be quick. Uh, now, uh, there's a lot of lot of conversation happening at the moment about these, specifically because of one thing. The twins, um, uh, lacking experience for making up for with unalloyed excellence, fake smiles on them for their patrons are gods. Teclis is gifted the mage Alania and with his tutelage, a Tyrion favours Elethor. The important point here is that they have a companion. Elinor and Elethor are accompanied by the Lunal, a theme, who attacks with the Moonbright Talons. I think there's a bit of an issue happening at the moment on the internet because some people are a little offended that the Moonbright Talons on an Owl are two attacks each, threes, threes, rend one, one damage, and that's kind of better than a Liberator. And they're like, <laughs> you're the Chosen of Sigmar, sent down to liberate the realms, and you're an Owl. And it's like... <laughs> seen an Owl's Claws, though. They are scary sharp. I yeah, agree, I'm, but I'm... like... On, I'm going to disagree with the internet. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. Like, liberators are trash, but also some big dickhead in like art, like golden plate, is marching towards me with a hammer. I'm like, I know what you're planning. An owl is silently coming at me, talons outstretched. I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I am straight up dead. Like, hit me with the hammer. Make it like do that, but not the owl, please. Yeah. Have you ever fought a chaos warrior? Because not scary as an owl. Uh, is something to mm. take away from this conversation. So Again, yes, I know what a Chaos Warrior is thinking. Uh, I don't owl. know what an owl is thinking. An owl, large on his back. Large on her back. It was an owl. Uh, if anyone gets that reference, it's one of the best TV shows ever. Owl. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, the attacks weapon, the attacks profile for this model, sorry, four attacks, twos, threes, rend two, D3 damage, and then two attacks, uh, sorry, not D3, uh, there's damage below. It's based on the battle round number so four attacks two threes rend two damage is based on the battle round number so one in turn one two in turn two uh and then uh the other weapon is two attacks three threes rend one d3 damage so whatever still so many rules to talk about aspect of Saladar plus one to casting dispelling on unbinding rolls for this model so they've got that realm wanderers this model can be included as an ally in armies if they have an order general in addition <laughs> if this model is within three inches of your general at the start of a hero phase your hero phase sorry roll a dice on a four plus you receive an extra command point however this general cannot be this model can be a general okay next up uh <laughs> altari the damage character to altari is equal to uh the number of the current battle round dan are you okay with that yeah, I like that. In I addition, really like that. once per battle no! in your shooting phase. <laughs> is that two in one? Is that two in addition? That's one two skill? in addition. Yeah, oh, we hit going. it. We Whoa. finally got in addition inception. It's oh, in addition okay. inside of in addition. They in have addition. put it into our brains. Oh, it's so gosh. Many. Yeah. Uh, someone thinks if you write in addition, it does not count as an extra Oh my god. In addition, once per battle in your shooting phase, you can declare that Alathor will unleash a blazing sunbolt. If you do so, pick one point on the battlefield within 12 inches of this model that is visible to it and draw an imaginary straight line. One millimeter wide between that point and the closest point on this model's base. <laughs> Roll a dice for each unit that has any models passed across. This line on a 2 plus to set for a mortal wound equal to the current battle round number. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I get, wait, sorry, is that another, that's the in addition to end all in additions. So just to get mathematical about this, one, two, three, four, five, no, it's, six, no, it's seven, a different ability. Well, Wellmonders has an in addition, yeah, 
and then Altaria has in 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 addition. But what I'm saying is that Altari, it's in addition is eleven cent eleven lines long. Yeah. The er- initial rule for Altari is two lines long. Yeah. So the it in addition like... is five and a half times bigger. Yeah, big addition energy. <laughs> big addition That's right. energy. <laughs> BAE. Uh, right, okay. So sudden translocations. At the end of the combat phase, roll a dice if this model fought in that phase. If the roll is less than the number of the current battle round or less than the number of wounds allocated to this model, heal up to D6 wounds allocated to this model then remove it from the battlefield, then set up this model anywhere on the <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> okay. You've ruined it. Right, then set up the model anywhere on the battlefield that is more than 12 inches from enemy models. If this is impossible, the model's removed from the play that does not count as having been slain. Does not count as having been slain. Then where is it? Like... <laughs> They wouldn't like, it off. Like, where is it now? Like, you're just taking it off when you're like, you can't set it up anywhere. Like, well then. <laughs> also, how how fucked would your battle have to be for you not to be able to set up a model? It's Within one 12 model. Inches. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that shits me about that is that if your opponent does amazingly and zones you out, they're punished for it. Uh, like, you, like, you don't slay it. Like... I don't even know what to do about like so it's like it's not slain. All right, well then, how do I get it back on the board? They're like, no answer, no answer. It's just somewhere now. Um, he literally just leaves, or they literally just leave. So it can be included in an order army. And just to be clear again, you roll a dice at the end of the combat phase. You don't get a choice if the roll is less than the number of current battle round or less than the number of wounds allocated to this model. Heal up to d6. In addition. Oh, it doesn't say in addition, but it feels like it should. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, then. Then we'll set the model up. All right. Okay. Uh, future proofing. Thanks, Inter, Matt. Appreciate you. Um, I guess it's any unit. So yours as well when you look for 12 inches. Wait, does it say any unit? Then set the model anywhere on the battlefield that's more than 12 inches from any enemy models. Uh, so there we go. Uh, right. I don't know what to say about that. but I don't know. So it has to teleport. It's got no choice. No choice. But that's if like... you roll... So it, you roll less than the number of the current battle round or less than the number of wounds that it's taken. So if That's it's really ta- going to screw with you if you're, like, trying to... Well, you're never going to take it. Because yeah. it's, like... <laughs> like, don't worry. It's already rubbish in combat and you're not going to take it, but it's still mental. I've um, also seen the points on this and it's dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, is well, I it? Mean, how do you? Why, how, how do you? How do you? How do you work out immortal D six heal teleport into space rule? Like, what's that worth? <laughs> do you know how you point that? Uh, yeah. Tell no, me. I don't you, know. you look logistically at it, and you're like, "Is this ever going to happen in a game?" No. Hundred points. Uh, hold on, we're not finished because it's a wizard. And it can cast two spells and unbind two spells, and its spell is the Salvation of Heesh. It's cast on a six, and if successfully cast until your next hero phase, roll a dice each time a wound or mortal wound is allocated to the caster on a five plus, that wound or mortal wound is negated, so it's a five up DPR in itself. In addition to its... There's no addition to that rule, sorry. In addition to its eight wounds with a three up save. 
Uh, of course, it's obviously got itself one pot of Aether Quartz, so it can be on a two-up save with five-up. Uh, and it can generate CP as well, as we know. And it's also got plus one to cast, so it's casting they... five. Does so it have going... access to any spell laws? Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be a scenario, isn't it? So and a venari, so it'll have access to the the best spell law that they have, really. Uh, but it doesn't have access to uh, the new Huracan spell law. You're okay. going to see the shit out of it in a ton of other armies, like in a ton of of order armies. But I I'm going to predict that you won't see as many of it in actual Lumineth armies. I don't even know what the points are, but I'm just going to say a two. <laughs> With that many wounds and that much survivability, a two-cast wizard in a lot of other armies is going to be worth the bang for its buck, regardless. Like, hey, it's for sure, it's like probably 220 points. That's going to be my guess, 220. Um, at that, it is worth it in a, in a heartbeat compared to taking two single-cast wizards. However, flip side is that in a Lumineth list, I don't think you're going to take them. That's my call. Agreed. Nathan, how many points do you think this, this, this pair of Realm Wanderers are going to cost? Uh, 169. <laughs> <laughs> I Fair, they do both that. suck and blow. <laughs> yeah. Almost spat my lemonade everywhere. Uh, James, <laughs> oh, you know the points. Hit us with the points. Uh, 260, I believe. 260. Oh, that's a good <laughs> price yeah. for a two-cast wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for a two-cast wizard that kind of immortal but isn't, like and is also like generating the CP and has got a kick-ass like owl, uh, and then also <laughs> does like some other stuff. It's just um, like honestly, if you take this, I don't care. Like you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like whatever. It's just gonna go halfway through the game anyway. <laughs> Hang on, sorry, because Dan brought it up earlier. Is yeah. the picture on that war scroll? Both their faces with a cut in the middle. Yeah. Oh my god, that's nuts. That's, that's a good feature. I like that. Uh, all right. So there's there's not much to to talk about um, uh, now, other than uh, we didn't touch on one of the nations because I kind of like I'm c- cycling back to it, right? Uh, so when we one of the nations we didn't talk to was the, we talked about the Helon Nation, which is obviously really beneficial to the Ruse, um, and then they got a Luminar Nation, which is pre-game move for up to three units. Pre-game move mm. of six inches up to three units. Now they are locked. I think they're into Venari units only, uh, which is quite useful because already you want them to go forward. And that pre-game move um, uh, for uh, three as opposed to D3, which it normally is on other stuff. Um, and then uh, the command ability is one unit can charge after running. Uh, so you could a pre-game move a unit of 30 wardens, then you could run, and then you could charge. I know someone's about to say Shining Company. You could just deploy them not in Shining Company. There you go. There's your answer uh, for that. Uh, and there's a, a once-per-game teleport as well. Now, I don't think you're going to see Illuminia much, but I think you can't really like laugh at the fact that they've got a pre-game move for three-unit like sub-faction. Mm. You could probably do some play with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Or like with your wind charges or something to get them up nice and early. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, JP's asked me to build some lists, and I do plan on doing that uh, in a future show because uh, I think it's going to be really fun. Plus, I'm really excited about this book. Uh, I think it's absolutely like dog shit bonkers. Like, is it? Is it? Does it break most of the core mechanics of the game? Yes. Do I think that that they should do it? No. Um, like, is that okay? Like, gives a fuck. 
Like it's just they have. So it's, it's, mm. <laughs> that's, that's a bit like someone kicking me in the dick and afterwards being like, "Is this okay?" I'm like, "Too late." Like it doesn't matter that you've done well, it. You're, you're gold blooming. It's not a question of like whether you should. It's a question of whether you could. And the answer is the book is there, so you could. You're Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't only matter. But uh, I just talk about probably like a little key uh, feature before we finish off, which is the battalions, because I'm a big fan of this. Uh, so this is uh, the battalion that you get for um, uh, that contains. I don't know what the name of it is. It's got Severith um, or an unnamed wind spirit. So that would be either 300 or 250. Uh, one wind mage, who's our guy on a cloud, who's going to make our ruse movement 16 inches and fly. Um, and then one to three units of wind charges, so one to three units of our ruse. And if a unit from this battalion is wholly within 12 inches of a hero from this battalion, at the start of the combat, it counts as having charged, which means the pile in six inches and pile away is effective all of the time. Yeah, so that so that would be in my opponent's turn, <laughs> I can just pile out six inches, yeah, which is quite nice from that battalion. It also means I could do like a nice one drop, which is pretty potent. They could be battle line if I took them in Helon, uh, which I think is nice. I still think you'd probably take them in Sire, but like they're still really good and uh, is really effective. So you've got your three units, your Wind Mage and your Severith or not your Severith, your choice. Um, and I think you've got a really, really nice uh, battalion there uh, to mm. play with. Um, so yeah. That's uh, that's Jesus. the only. There's another battalion for the bolt throwers, but I don't give a shit about talking about that, so I'm not gonna. Uh, what do you think of that battalion? Uh, I think you're gonna see it everywhere. Yeah. I like the uh, the only thing that maybe is a little tax there is your wind spirit, but realistically, it's that benefit for like the breaking core rules in your opponent's turn. Instead of being, you know, trapped with the burden of only breaking them in your turn, uh, you know, just being able to ignore the rules all the time is going to be worth whatever points that that little tree spirit, uh, the wind spirit tax is. Well done. In addition, yeah, oh, because God. we because ha- we haven't really thought the beauty of this all the way through is sorry. There's an in addition. You, well, Nathan, and you know this, Nathan. If I've charged or counted as charged, what can I do? Pile in. Perfect. And I can pile in six inches. What if I have counted as charged anywhere on the board every turn? Ah, uh, so you can pick two units all the time. And also? And, and do the six inch piling away shit and all of that. And I, I don't even need to. It's just a free six inch move. Yeah. Whenever. <sighs> every turn. Every turn. Oh, <laughs> what? Even if you haven't charged, because uh, you, you have charged, you counted as oh, charges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. So in your turn, I'm like, I, I'm not like you haven't even charged me. I'm just somewhere else on the board for no reason. <laughs> I've counted as charging, so I can pile in six inches anywhere <laughs> I want to go. Am I making sense? Well, even oh, if you're not within God. six inches of a unit or anything. Yeah, because I count as. Uh, having charged. charged yeah 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 yeah. gotcha and you can still pick then two units uh, every time because they count as charged yeah yeah so you activate two units ago i like oh. kangaroos tommy kangaroo down sport tommy kangaroo <laughs> down <laughs> oh we're gonna get 
Copyright done again. Oh uh, no. Uh... No, no, that was for satire. That was for satire. We're fine if it's for satire. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so, satire. so uh, right. So what do you like? So that's it. Uh, there's loads more t- from Broken Realm Texas to talk about next week. It's been a big long show, and I've really loved it. You guys have been brilliant. In addition, what do you guys think of <sighs> this book, uh, James? I'll start with you, unless you would like a moment to think on what you thought. No, no. Uh, like it's utter bonkers, isn't it? Like it messes with all the core rules, the core, the the rules of other armies. Um, it's not even as high pointed as I think the probably the last lot. So I think you'll probably see more elf bodies on the board than you did before. Um, it'll be I I think it'll be a really interesting book to watch. I talk all the time about like you know the armies and the units that bring really weird mechanics to the game. So I'm excited to see how that plays. Um, yeah, I think more than anything, I'm probably excited to see how it plays and what it does to the game. I don't think it's as like bonkers in the sense of damage output as some of the other books we've seen of late. It's more bonkers in what it does to the game. And I think realistically, you'll probably need to see a really good player to see it played really well. Um, but we'll see. Tom will tell. Okay. All right, Nathan, where you at? Yeah, I, th- I think they're... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're obviously got more options, which is good for them. I think they were pretty good before. Now I would say they're better. Yeah. Uh, you probably, I mean, you're going to see a, a cup. I think the core that they started off with, you're probably still going to keep a lot of that and then just pop, pop in a couple of things. But there are some proper uh, interesting things, like the Lawmaster guy is nuts uh, and the kangaroo dudes. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a good book. I would say uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them winning winning some tournaments quite uh, consistently. Okay. Yeah, Dan, where you at? Yeah. Uh, I first I'll say like it's crazy. Like this is a really strong release, but I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of uh, the sky is falling, chicken little panic, and and like let's just all tantrum in the streets because this is the end of war dollies as we know it i think that there'll be a couple of really strong builds come out i i actually don't see this as dominating anywhere near as much as uh the space lizards did when they first dropped i see them as very strong but what i'm super excited about is like piss off the the what we're going to see in um, maybe one or two really key, you know, Croconado style lists that just get replicated with a tiny hundred point change. Piss that off. I'm really excited to see there is so much versatility now in that book. Hate that the book's been released within eight months of the original one, two limited edition books in eight months. What? Anyway, uh, but I dig that there are so many units, so much versatility. We'll now see so many different builds, which we're starting to see now with Daughters of Cain as well. Uh, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be interesting when people get creative. Uh, and I can't wait to start seeing what we saw with a lot of lists in the previous edition, which is where people start to break the mold, do interesting things, and they do well. And you're just like, shebangabang, there's someone who took out a tournament with some weird stuff, with a, a full whatever, like, idiot list of sword masters. Uh, and so that's what I think will be uh, – that's mm. what, what I'm waiting for. But yeah. Okay. All right. 
Um, I think one of the things to really, really think about is how lists were built already and what was doing overly well. Like, I talked mm-hmm. about this when we did the first Lumina Throne Lords review, is that I didn't think that we would see a lot of people play Stone Guard because the issue that you have with the book is that you're paying, if you're playing points per wound as a game, um, then with the Stone Guard, you're paying two points for one body every time. <coughs> and now, they're slightly more effective points per wound, but ultimately what you really want is you want the block of 20 or 30 because you're looking to score objectives the key point of this game is always going to be scoring objectives and you need a way to do that and that's normally bodies unless you've got some other rule and that really polarized i think how you built the first wave of books which Mm -hmm. that plus the oral and legion which is amazing plus the scenario uh calitha which is also amazing it just made you have a two drop army with the addition of teclas that was just perfect it was everything you could really want to play, but it really pigeonholed how you played because it was everything already. The other thing is the army's got no chaff. It's got no 60, 80 point screen of any sort. So when you are hitting something, you are hitting something that's still probably a little bit too cheap, 10, 20 points maybe, but like you're hitting the front line or some of the really valuable stuff that this army has. And so it really wants to defend it. Um, and it wants it to be safe. So normally that's why you saw Teclas in there, because Teclas has got that five up DPR, and you see Sire, so you can have like the additional armor safe. So if it ever got Alpha struck, it would struggle a little bit, I think, like you threw a bunch. I really don't think uh, the Realm Lords love uh, a bunch of like uh, a mega boss, and, like a, b- a big Uruk charge hitting it really mm. early and before it's got its buffs up. So then it tends to get its buffs up. So it was already really pigeonholed at how it played, and it lacked a couple of things. Teleport was one, but I think we can stick that to the side because it had speedy heesh. I think the mm. key fact, the key thing it lacked, or the key thing it does have, but it needs spells to kind of cr- make it and crank it up, is uh, a hammer unit, something that will absolutely smash. Because Tactics won't do that, and that's not what it does. 30 Wardens will. Do you know what? Even 20 Wardens will. But like they want to smash super hard. And between the Wardens and the Sentinels, Sentinels can take out your characters and the Wardens would be like hitting you with a lot of attacks and they'd be doing a lot mm. of mortal wounds. But even then, I still feel like they would come up against a DPS check in things such as uh, even Black Kings maybe in some situations. Um, mm. And so I think that they would struggle. What they have now is a bunch, in my opinion, of extra options for controlling that mobile castle and how it moves into the middle of the board. I think there are some really good all-ru lists. I think there are some lists that... Uh, I think there, I think you might still see Teclas and probably will still see, still see Teclas, but he's 660 points, and I can put a lot of ru's in there to control the mid-board, and I don't have mm. to really worry about you hitting me because I can pin you in a bit and then get you later. Um, so I think mm. that they've got a load of styles to play. I think you aren't going to be seeing lots of the Fox guys, apart from some Jokers who are having a great time, uh, because you're not scoring objectives. And that's the weakness in the army that it doesn't have and doesn't put a lot of bodies on the board. And so it struggles in a big... like. I mean, you can get a shit ton of dispossessed, let's say, in cities, uh, for example. Mm. Like The reason Seraphon do so well is they can put a shit ton of skinks on an objective, and they're like, this is also bonkers and the output's insane. But they like struggle to do so. And then, lastly... The reason the army is so good is it makes your army worse. Can't pile in, can't move, can't use command abilities, can't use, or your command abilities cost twice as much. Battleshock tests, I'm taking your battleshock tests, which is going to fucking suck. Uh, like, <laughs> that's, that's, Minus that's one to hit. An, like inbuilt, other... an inbuilt Bellacore in the mm. army is pretty good. So, like, I still think it's made the book bonkers. 
so if we take about its power level, its external, mm. uh, it's brought the it's brought the book up, but it's only brought it to like Seraphon, Eidneth, Deepkin level. So it's only around there. I don't think it's any stronger mm. than those. But I will say I don't like a lot of the rules we see in here. I think the trend is pretty obnoxious. Ultimately, I think all the in additions are dumb. I think being able mm. to stop people piling in is really bad. I don't like that at all. I don't like anything mm-hmm. that auto hits or auto casts. That offends me. Um, and so. Like I don't like a lot of how this book reads because it's very, very, very strong. And like it's okay for one book to be released and break all the core mechanics. This is a book that's been released and breaks... Like, sorry, you can break one core mechanic, but this breaks yeah. all the core mechanics, pretty much. I think that's that's that, and that resonates with me as well, is that it doesn't matter when, when a book has like one thing and you're like, oh my gosh, they get to do this which is really cool. They don't have to roll their spells. They're so good. They're so good at magic. They get all these buffs to magic, whatever. But they play by the rules of the game in every other phase. Here you have one where it's like, bugger off the magic phase, bugger off movement, bugger off shooting, bugger off battle shock, bugger off charging, bugger off combat. Like they literally ignore the core rules of the game in every phase of the game, not only in your turn, but in your opponent's turn. And that for me is where you're getting way too excessive. Yeah, I think that's. I think that seems to be a major issue for me ultimately. And and I know Pete said in the chat only Seraphon IDK. I don't think anything should be there. But now with a third book in that region, just keep fucking putting books in that region ultimately. Because mm. if you take out the fact that these can do loads of stuff no one else could, if you give me eight more books where everyone can do stuff no one else can, then you're in a really interesting place. I think that's maybe the criticism of the book wholesale is none of the other books do anything like this. Like, or lots of what this book does. And that feels unfair, because everyone else can do something I can't... Like, this guy, these all these guys can do everything I can't do. That feels really unfair. If you just pitch all the rest of the books, if you just kick out all the new books, and they all do this, I think some of these rules are really dynamic and fun. They're very interesting to try and use in some ways. I don't think the move 12 in your opponent's turn is good. Um, and I don't think the piling things is good. But I think that there's some options, right? I don't know. Uh, got, anyone got any thoughts about anything I said? Or was that just a long diatribe? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing against them, actually. Because uh, just to see what all these bloody rules do. How it actually works on the battlefield. Because they are... They were at the front of the queue and they were handing out rules because they got all of them. Yeah, they do. And, but you can't put all of them in one army. That's an important mm. point to know. Even mm. as cheap as they are, you can't do that. Um, and I think that that's something. So just to read out some of the things in the chat, uh, how come this could come out at the time, same time as Sinesh is uh, a show me and Donald are doing on Wednesday. So tune in for the Bin versus Sin debate uh um uh cash says having played six games of luminous realm lord so far i think they're pretty firm in the npe they do a lot you have zero counter to and they take away your cool stuff we keep forgetting about and i don't want to keep forgetting about james can the army just get plus one two to save at any point uh yeah (laughs) that's pretty (laughs) pretty good (laughs) like we Uh, sometimes that's pretty good in in other armies that would be even better but in this one it's just pretty good <laughs> hey James, how much would a, a like a five corn bloodthirster list love plus two to save randomly on all of their units? They wouldn't, because corn just wants everything to die because he's a boring bastard. Ah, so you're really excited to play a five corn bloodthirster list then? So excited. 
can't contain it. Yeah. Today's uh, my last day, did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was working his notice. notice that you had to give. Um, yeah, so like I mean there's gonna be a lot of conversations about this and, and, and you guys um need to like like obviously like we need to play with it and stuff and else. I in yeah. no way, in no do I think in no way like if you're like a Gits player, yeah, not that you give a fuck about my opinion if you're a Gits player, uh like because you're obstinate. Uh but like you just be like, what the fuck, man? Why am I moving 2D6 and this dickhead's moving 48 inches? Like, I get it. Like, it's not right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I completely understand that. Like, it's, it's wildness. Um, if you're a Sinesh player, like, how did you get these rules? And how did I get the Twin Souls rules? Like, <laughs> Where's the other half of my in-addition rules? <laughs> where's my in-addition? <laughs> if I was a Sinesh player, I'd be holding up a sign. I'd be like, where's my in-addition? Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Maybe that's because this is the second edition of a book already. So they were like, we need it's to make a second edition seem like a good buy more in addition. Cause it's not, they're not saying like in addition to these rules, they're saying in this edition, they just missed a, a word in there. Yeah. Yeah. In I, this I edition, feel, you get to do more. I can feel the frustration. I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page as me. I feel the frustration that other people will feel looking at these rules, especially if you've just been super hype about Sinesh, um, like, and then just being like, what the hell, man? My army sucks versus this. And you're probably right, ultimately. Like, when I say it's gone at the IDK and Seraphon level, they're like smooth brain level power. Like, you're like, you're, if you're an average player, you're a game better at a tournament because you've taken those armies. You're like, I averaged a 2-3. You're a 3-2 player now. Like, so um, I can understand the frustration is what I'm trying to get at. All right, let's uh, let's, part, let's can, wrap it up for today. Can we, still can we super quickly throw out there, though, that even though they are super strong, don't take it out on people that play this army at tournaments. Some people are jerks, <laughs> and that's fine. But I just, I feel like we're ragging on the army, which is okay, because it's absurd. But that's like someone being like, hey, do you like playing with fire? And you're like, damn right, I like fire. And then someone went, yeah, well, you're a bad person for it. And you're like, do it, but wouldn't you like to have that? They're like, yeah, I would. But because I don't, you don't get to either. Now, if someone wants to take deep uh, Lumineth, that's totally fine. Uh, if they're a cool <laughs> army, you can enjoy that. What you have to not do is be a D-bag about that. Understand that you are currently drinking Dom Perignon and they're sucking the bog water from the bottom of a swamp. So don't act like you're superior because of it. Just uh, just politely kick their ass and then move on. Or, or do, I mean, <laughs> or move on, whatever. Like, ultimately, if you feel frustrated, it's never players' faults. It's always Games Workshop's oh. fault. Like, if that's where you feel like the criticism lies and needs uh, to be. I, for one, am joyous that it doesn't have to be a bunch of ugly fucking looking salamanders or flamers that control the world now and it's at least some kick-ass kangaroos i'll take that i'll take that for 10 if if you'd like lined up three models that you have to like own your soul come on the salamander model the kangaroo model or a flame model which james which one are you choosing the kangaroo yeah, of course right yeah that's, every that's day awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anything but sequiturs and liberator liberators. Anything not, but them. Not elves. Not elves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, tuned in. Uh, thank you to my three co-hosts. Co um, uh, have you guys got any shout-outs you want to do before we head out today? Uh, yes, shout-out to Smirnoff, Red Label Vodka. Without you, I never could have gotten through this show or the knowledge that I have to play a 30 Liberator army 
in our uh, Honest Wargamer competition game thing match tournament. Uh, also to the chat, y'all suck. Thank you for making me play a 30 Liberator Stormkeep Stormcast Army. You're a bunch of bastards. And I have gone back through that stream from earlier today and I have made a list of everybody who commented that they wanted to see me play it. And uh, and you're all on the list. Uh, I'm talking about lists. It's pretty strange. Uh, James, what about you? Uh, I'd like a big shout out to anyone in the chat that gave me a corn army today. Uh you have destroyed all of my love for the hobby, and I have handed my notice in today. He has. He said he's working his notice, so it's pretty strong. Uh, Nathan, you got any shout-outs? Yeah, I'll shout out everybody that uh, voted for Rob to play with Slanesh. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, at the same time that we're doing this review, there's 519 French people reading through the Lumneth book at the same time. And all I can think is they must be like, Sacra fucking in addition. Yeah, blur. Yeah. <laughs> What's like... in addition in French, I wonder? <laughs> okay. Does anyone know what in addition is in French? Because then we could raid them and stick that in uh, their chat. I think it's le edition. <laughs> no, what is in addition? Someone give me some French. You must know. Uh, I just want to shout out. Oh, no, That's a check. That's a check. Uh, we do need to grow Malk. We do. We do need to grow more people. If you guys are listening to this as a podcast or watching it live or watching it back on YouTube, more people watching the show live or listening to the podcast and need it to share to your friends. I would love for the Honest Wargamer to get even bigger and brighter than we are. Great co-hosts, wonderful people, great audience. Let's make it bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, so please do that as much as possible. Thanks to my co-hosts. Thanks to everyone on Patreon. Of course, you're wonderful people and I can't thank you enough. Thank you to everyone on the podcast. I think we're done for the day, so we can do a raid. Let's get that done. Uh, mm. So Let's we're going to raid Rob those. Can remember how we raid? We're, it's okay. I've done it. We're doing it. That we are. We are raiding the French, uh, which has never gone badly which for is, the English. I was about to say, haven't a lot of countries <laughs> done that historically? Yeah, particularly uh, <laughs> England. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, good luck to all the kangaroos. Have a nice day. See you tomorrow.